Listen here, I love my wife to death, okay? But being a Georgia sports fan of all these teams, you know, the Falcons, the Bulldogs, the Braves. Let me tell you something. Ain't nothing my wife can do to hurt me that all three of them teams ain't done to me already. And that's the honest to God truth right there. Because these motherfuckers are stressing me the fuck out. I'm probably going to die. That's probably how I'm going to die one of these days. Having a motherfucking heart attack watching one of them goddamn play in any goddamn game. Not just a big game. This was a regular season fucking game. Are you fucking kidding me? Did you? Are you serious? Like, now, I live in Texas, right? I live in Texas, okay? I got this shit all on my truck. I got it all in my man. I got my, my teams on my goddamn keychain. All three of them, okay? Because that's my, they my teams. I rep hard. Now I got to go to work tomorrow and deal with this shit. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Rise up. His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack. How about them Cowboys? Hey, this reduced lunch sports, man. Come on now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Reduce Lunch Action Sports News Desk. I'm your man, Dedrick L. Hicks Jr., one of your favorite sportsologists, back today to give it to you guys raw and uncut. And this your man, Black. We back in the building for another episode. One of your favorite sportsologists in the building. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We have a loaded, loaded show today, man. We have a special guest Back again. Well, he's not really a guest no more, but uh, he's reappearing on the sports desk. We have our college football correspondent in the building. Talk to him, man. Hey, bro. I just got something I want to get off my oh, chest. Oh, Lord. He won't even introduce himself yet. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Nah, you got to introduce yourself first, bro. I'll be at least let him know who's talking. It's your boy, Gators Main, a.k.a. Tyrone Copper, a.k.a. Cedric Farr. <laughs> yes, sir. But I just want to get this off my chest. Sure. Oh, sports desk. I want to say I'm sorry for the things I've done. And I just want you to know. <laughs> Woo. Well, I wasn't expecting that, boy. I wasn't expecting that, boy. Golly. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, bro. I'm dog. This man got me in here short of breath, bro. Short of breath. Oh, my God. Wow, that was it. That was amazing. Now my, that's a top five moment in sports this history. Yeah. Oh, right there, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, that's Cedric Farr. I don't even know yeah. where we at right yeah, yeah. now. Uh, get back no on track, bro. I'm hey, trying. Up. I'm trying, bro. He got me with that, boy. I'm talking about side hurting all, boy. This cramp trying to keep me, get me right now, man. But I'm, I'm going to fight it off, man. Yeah, man. So that's that's our guy, man, Cedric, <laughs> Cedric Farr uh, in here today. We're going to talk a lot of college football. SEC gets rolling. Uh, this weekend, we got the Big Ten announcing they are back. Uh, we're going to talk about one of the biggest rivalries in college football, Florida State and the Miami Hurricanes. They play this Saturday, uh, primetime on ABC. Of course, we're going to talk NBA playoffs, NFL Week 2. Uh, we're going to talk a little UFC as well. We got a big, humongous fight 
uh, happening this Saturday night. In my opinion, it is the biggest middleweight <laughs> championship fight of all time, man. And um, can't wait to talk about it. But guys, but guys, before we get started, man, and you know, I have a little, and the, you guys are experts, especially said as an expert in this opening topic here. So I was watching a little TV today, man, just flipping through, you know, wasn't really nothing on. And um, I ran across ESPN uh, Classic, and they were showing uh, the 1996 National Championship game, uh, the Florida State Seminoles against the Florida Gators in the Sugar Bowl. And as everyone knows, the Florida Gators, you know, ran through my nose and, and earned, uh, I believe it was their first national championship in New Orleans that year. But then after that, they had a little 30 minute, basically the show was basically why the Florida Gators shouldn't have played in that game. And um, I'm watching and I'm like, I've never seen this before. Mm-hmm. And it was an older type show. Like it's an old throwback show. Mm-hmm. So basically this is what was said. I'm going to read some of the excerpts because I found an article on it as well. So this is all brand new stuff to me, but uh, <clears throat> I agree with it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with it. So here we go. So back in Shout night, yeah, yeah, you know it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know it, you know it, you know it. So back in 1996, Florida State ran the table, uh, number one going into the postseason. Back then, there was no BCS. Back then, there was no point system. Whatever, just the media and the AP writers put teams in the proper bowl games. The only thing that was a guarantee was the Rose Bowl. Pac-10, well, Pac-12 back then, and Big Ten. That was the only thing that was a guarantee. So here's a scenario. Now, the Florida State Seminoles walloped the Florida Gators just two weeks prior before they played in the SEC Championship game. They handled, I believe, the, I think it was Alabama, Crimson Tide in the SEC Championship game. They handed them, handed them the business. They got it right here in front of me. It was 45-30 Florida winning the SEC Championship game. But it was all, everything was pretty much locked. Everything was pretty much locked until Jake Plummer and the Arizona State Sun Devils took a nosedive in the last game of the season against the, uh, I think it was the UCLA Bruins. No, it was Ohio State. They won. Wait, what you mean? You're right. They won. They won knocking off off. Ohio State. Ohio State was primed and ready to play Florida State for the national championship game. But another thing happened. The Big 12 championship happened that same night. And Nebraska lost. So Nebraska lost and the Ohio State Buckeyes lost, catapulting the choir boy, the squeaky clean Danny Warfel, and the air raid attack of Steve Spurrier to pay off the riders of the AP poll to give them a nod to face Florida State in the Sugar Bowl, a team who just knocked they block off three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Now, for the life of me, I don't understand. There were some other teams who could have got this nod to play for this national championship game. You have the Kansas State Wildcats with the same record as the Florida Gators. Now, did they play for the Big 12 title? No, they didn't because they lost to Texas earlier that year. You had other teams in the mix that could have played for this national championship game. The UCLA Bruins could have played for the national championship that game. They had a loss, unfortunately, to the Arizona State Sun Devils. So my gripe is this here, and I would love to hear your gentleman's thoughts on this. 
How in God's green earth, and I know this is 23, 24 years ago, but how in God's green earth did Danny Warfel and Steve Spurrier get the nod to go play a team that beat them down only three weeks ago for a national title? Was that not unfair to Florida State? We had nothing else to prove by beating Florida again. What was the reason? Why were they there? Why were they there? And I link it up with, you got one lost team to the SEC who played for championships who didn't win their conference. Teams do not win their conference at the SEC. They still play for titles. <laughs> but I've been holding on this for a long, long time. And everybody who knows me knows how I feel. The Florida Gators should not have been in that national championship game. And the reason why I say this, strength of schedule that year, Kansas State had a tougher schedule than the Florida Gators. Both teams 11-1 and before they were selected to go to their respective bowl games. Now, that's really all I got to say, and I really don't have a point to make. I just wanted to get that off my chest. Black, how you feel about it? Jesus Christ. Uh, it's, it's crazy to hear, but I'm really not surprised about it because, if I'm not mistaken, that year that we played Florida, it was like one of the, one of the highest-rated watched football was. games that Wars year. Too. So, you know how bowl games go. You know, they whatever gonna make money, whatever matchup's gonna make money. They wanna put it, they wanna put it on the national, you know, the national scene, the national TV, so everybody can enjoy it. Because back in the 90s, Florida and Florida State, Florida, Florida State, Miami, those was the games you didn't want to miss and you wanted to watch. So I can see why they put Florida in there, but they had no I agree, they had no business being there, but I can see why they put them there. Okay. Cedric, I'm pretty sure you're going to enlighten us all. <laughs> <laughs> I think Steve Spurrier was quoted somewhere up in there that God was shining down on the Gators. Yep, yep he said it. Uh, yep. <laughs> I was so happy mm -hmm. to get that, able to run it back because the way they beat yeah. Danny Whirlful up in that regular scene of the matchup mm -hmm. was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And I remember this quote from... Uh, Mickey Andrews, we play to the echo of the whistle. Mm -hmm. So ever since then, that's what really started my hatred for Florida State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that's where it began. A lot of late hits on Danny um, in that game. Lot of late, a lot late, of late. Like, a lot we of late. played till after the whistle. So a lot I, of nasty never, I will never forget that as a kid. Sure, and, sure, um, sure. To beat your rival for a national championship, <laughs> that was my. That's my. People always ask who your favorite, Danny Werfel. That's my guy. Yeah, I mean, and I don't blame you. If you're a Florida fan, I do not blame you. Because Florida State will never have the opportunity to say, hey, we beat Florida for the national championship. I don't even think in today's like format that is even possible. Yeah, it, it is. How? Like, but the just, playoffs, yes, it, yes I'm saying, it but is. It'll it, it have to be something like <laughs> extraordinary for Florida to go undefeated and I'm telling you, they would have had to beat everybody by like 50 points all year, then they take a blunder. Say, so you got something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. But the, um, if you think, probably what, that was 10 years later, they uh -huh. did the same thing in 2006. Ohio State was the number one team, and they had just beat Michigan. That was a top team. Yeah. Uh -huh. We was in the top five, and mm -hmm. that's when Urban Meyer was lobbying, you know, mm -hmm. Why would you want to see Ohio State and Michigan, Ur again. And Michigan again? Yeah. So it kind of worked in our favor again. Yeah, yeah, so, I remember. Yeah. I remember that. That's, and y'all <laughs> yeah. won that title. It, yeah. happened, it, happened, it happened another time, too, as well. Uh, LSU and Alabama. Remember LSU beat Alabama in the regular oh, season? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then they, they played play each other in the national championship when yeah. uh, Honey Badger and the boys yeah. was on LSU team. And uh, 
Bama came and smacked them in the national championship. So yeah. it, it happens, but it's like you said, it's not so often. It's have to be very drastic stuff going for yeah, it to happen. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like as a Florida State fan, I don't. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I would love it if somehow, some way in the future, God hope in the near future. That you get a Florida State, Florida national championship game, man. I don't think this city be able to sleep, bro. I mean, this this state. I don't think this state will be able to sleep if that happens. But unfortunately, my team was under the other end of a hellacious beatdown for a title. I think it was like fifty-five, nineteen, or something like that. Thank you, Cedric. I'm pretty sure you was going to provide us with some excellent content there. But yeah, I just had to get it off my chest, man. I was watching a little programming on the television, and uh, that was on today. But I had never seen. The little 30-minute little episode that they did explaining why Florida shouldn't have been. And one last point, Steve Spurrier was lobbying um, to get them in the championship game uh, the whole time. The whole time. Like, as soon as they beat Alabama, the first thing that he said, you'd be crazy if you don't put the Florida Gators in the national championship game. That's what he said, going straight to the podium after beating Alabama for the SEC title. All right, enough of that. All right, let's go ahead and get into it, man. We're going to get this show started, man. We're going to get into our start bench or cut. I got to shout out my dog, Smooth, uh, for hitting me with this one this week, man. Uh, I think it's pretty good. Let's go. Alright, 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 man. Let's get into our star bitch of cunt. Like I said, shout out to my dog Smooth who uh hit me up with this. We'll be hearing from Smooth uh next week, man, I believe. Uh it should be NBA final time next week, so we'll be definitely getting it in with Smooth. But Smooth sent me something, man, and we've had, I would like to say we've had three players in this NBA bubble in this NBA playoffs, man, who who have shown to let me know and everyone who loves the NBA that the NBA is in great hands. They're going to be in great hands after guys like LeBron go away and guys like Harden go away and Westbrook go away. The league is going to have players that's going to keep you locked in. And these three players right here, man, I think these guys have next. All three of these guys, I believe, are on the right path to super stardom, okay? So, Black, let me see what you got, man. We're going to start bench a cup one of these guys. Up first, shooting guard from the Phoenix Suns. We have Devin Booker, all right? Up next, we have shooting guard from the Utah Jazz. We have Donovan Mitchell, okay? And up next, we have point guard from the Denver Nuggets, Jamal Murray. Three up-and-coming uh, potential superstar lace players. Black, who you starting? Who you benching? And Black, unfortunately, who you giving a call saying, hey, bro, we'll catch you on the next round? Oh, man. Um, hmm. I got to start D-Book. Okay. I'm going to bench. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Murray. What? And I'm going to cut Donovan Mitchell. Really? Okay. Say, give me your give me your shot on this one, man. Three up and coming young players, man, who've been doing their thing this season. Booker, Mitchell, Murray. Talk to me. I'm gonna go with Booker. Start. Okay. I'm gonna bench Murray. And I'm going to cut uh, Spider-Man as well. Wow. 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 Okay, cool, cool. I'm going to also start book. I'm going to start book. But, but I'm going to bench uh, Donovan Mitchell. Um, 
I know him and Murray went at it, man, and it was a great sight to see, especially if you're a basketball fan. But uh, I just think Mitchell upside is higher than Murray's. That's just my opinion. And, of course, I'm going to, no secret here, going to cut Jamal Murray. But it's close. It's close cutting Jamal Murray. I'm not, you know, dogging the, the guy out. But, man, Spider-Man, he, he, he was doing some things, bro. Like, just athletically. Like Jamal just Murray af- wasn't? No, I'm just saying athletically. Like, he oh, was doing, okay. like, some Dwayne Wade type stuff, like, in the paint. Like, kind of like a magician in there. Okay. But Murray a killer, though. Murray a killer, though. That's why I went with him. I, I got you. I don't know. I'm not sure if uh, Spider-Man would have did that against the Clippers. You're right. I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Say, I don't know if Donovan Mitchell would have had it in him to go and get them boys uh, like Murray did. Okay, cool. So, man, we're going to get into our sign of the week. And boy, is it a doozy. And uh, just to prepare our listeners, man, I will be going on an epic rant and probably in the next 10 to 15 to 20 minutes. It could be a top three rant in uh, sports this history. But we're going to play our sound of the week, man. And it's from the King LeBron James. And as we all know, Giannis Antetokounmpo, I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo was named MVP uh, just a few days ago. Back-to-back MVP. Also won Defensive Player of the Year this year as well. Giannis joined the elite group. Uh, Michael Jordan and Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon winning Defensive Player of the Year and MVP in the same season. But LeBron had an interesting take. And I love that these players are speaking out, just being real, like just voicing their opinion. Whether you like it or not, I'm all for a player letting their head down and saying how they feel. So here's LeBron James. Uh, I believe it was uh, at the game, practice at the game one, talking about uh, the MVP uh, voting. I'm fine. Um, don't get it twisted. Like, I'm going back to my room. I'm perfectly fine. I mean, we're at 1-0 in the Western Conference Finals. I'm absolutely fine, so don't. Like, I was pissed off at the reaction earlier when I saw it. I'm absolutely great now. I'm going back to my room, drink some wine, and sleep very well tonight. So let's not get it twisted. I'm great. Um, it's just the, the voting scale is a little weird to me sometimes. I mean, if you take 2012, hmm. if you just just stick with me here, 2012, 2013, hmm. I had a chance to be Defensive Player of the Year and also MVP in the same season. Um, and that year, Mark Gasol was rewarded Defensive Player of the Year. Hmm. But he made second team all defense. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> okay, so that doesn't make sense. It's, it's like being the MVP of the league, but you make second team all NBA. That's when I really started to look at things a little bit kind of like differently. I was like, how does that even make any sense? Um, it's like being rookie of the year, but you make second team all rookie. You know, and then I looked at the most improved this year, and rightfully so, Brandon Ingram was amazing. And I, you know, I thought he should have won it. But did you see the votes that Devontae Graham get? He averaged four points last year compared to 17 and a half. If that's not improving, what is? Hmm. And it's, it's, it's just a, it's a weird thing sometimes that be, you just – I don't know how much we are really watching the game of basketball hmm. or are we just in the narration mode, the narrative. Mm-hmm. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk. So, yeah, that was LeBron just really laying down his hair and just saying how he felt about it. He didn't diss Giannis. He didn't diss 
him winning the MVP. But he said a lot of things that make sense, especially that 2012 thing. LeBron was first team, first team all defense that year. And you gave defensive player of the year to Mark Gasol? Does anybody, can anybody explain how that makes any sense to me? That don't make any sense. But we'll talk about that a little later, man. But I just want to let LeBron get his off real quick. All right, man, we're going to scoot into uh, our top five. And uh, we got a good one here, man. We got a real good one here. It's all culminating with the rivalry uh, this Saturday night between the Canes and the Noles. Is cooking. LeBron James. Le- LeBron James. <laughs> yes, 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 man. So we're gonna get into our top five of the week. So these are the top five impact players from the rivalry, the series. Between the Florida State Seminoles and the Miami Hurricanes, all right? So we're going to go around the room. We're going to kick it off with Black. Black, give me your top five, in your opinion, impact players from that rivalry. All right. At number five, I have Greg Jones running Ooh. back, Florida State. Mm, Matt truck. At number four, I have Santana Moss, wide receiver, Miami. Hurt me so many times. At number three, I have Kellen Winslow II. Mm. At number two, I have Charlie Ward. And at number one, the guy just embarrassed Miami anytime he was on the field. All three years he was there, Dalvin Cook. <laughs> oh God! Come on, Mister Miami. Anytime Facts. he stepped in the building on the on the on the grass, Facts. on the grass against Miami, Facts. it was a problem. It was ugly. Yes, sir. All right, said, talk to me. Give me your top five impact players from that rivalry, man. Number five, I got Devin Hester mm. in twenty in two thousand four. He blocked the kick late in the fourth quarter. Mm. And uh, the I'm nose was down. Nose was up seven. He uh, blocks a kick. Uh, Hurricanes come back, take it to overtime, get the dub. Yep. Number four, Ken Dorsey. Mm. Kitty. Uh, he went undefeated yeah, man. against the nose <laughs> and only lost like two games as a starter, period. His first and his last. First and last game. <laughs> Number three, Davin Cook. Uh, he went 3-0 and against the Canes, and I looked at the numbers. He averaged like eight yards a carry. Out of them three years. Crazy. Amazing. Number two, Sean Taylor. Not mm. much to say other than he was a terror on the field. Yes, sir. He did it all for the Canes. Yes, I sir. have him number two because it sets up my number one. <laughs> Chris Ricks. Oh, you got me. I have no dog in this race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always lean towards Miami because I hate Florida State. Yeah. And <laughs> He went 0 yes. and 5, yeah. which I think is a college record yeah. for the most loss to one mm. particular team. So uh-huh. that was my number one, uh-huh. Chris Ricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, number five for me was Ed Reed. Ed Reed was number five. Um, he just owned us while he was back there. But one game in particular, I believe they were sophomores going for that first national championship game in the rain in Doak in Tallahassee. And it was a grind out, man. And that secondary was not going to lose that day. 
They was not going to allow Chris Ricks to go down the field and steal that game for them, and he was the leader of that secondary. Number four, Sebastian Janikowski. Seabass <laughs> <laughs> kept us in a lot of games versus the Canes. 55 yarders, 60 yarders, 61 yarders, just keeping us in. One game in particular, his sophomore season, we were down three going into the half, and Sebastian Janikowski kissed a 61-yarder to tie the game. Shout out Seabass, wherever you are in this world. Number three, Anquan Bolden. Just a rough rider. Wasn't the fastest, but he was a bull out there. You couldn't bring him down. It took everybody, everybody and anybody to come get him, including people in the stadium, to come tackle Anquan Bolden. I just remember him running hard after the catch, man. Number two, Kenny Dorsey. I hate Miami, but I love Kenny Dorsey. This man is a orchestra leader. He just played the quarterback position so beautifully at Miami, man. He wasn't the strongest, had, didn't have the strongest arm. You know, he, he didn't make the most craziest plays, but he never made mistakes. He never made mistakes and always kept Miami ahead of Florida State. And number one, Chris Ricks. Look, bro, I know, <laughs> I know Ricks ain't got no wins against them boys, but my dog was fighting. <laughs> Chris Ricks was fighting, bro. And if it wasn't for them, them boys missing wide right and wide left, Chris Ricks might have a couple against the Canes. My dog was taking concussion hits. <laughs> I remember, I mean, I seen your boy, uh, uh, Sean Taylor just, re- my dog face mask almost came off his face, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he missed one play and came back. Oh, so, Chris Briggs, wherever you are here, dog, shout out to you, man. Shout out to you, you, man. You really held it down for your dogs, <laughs> even though you went 0-5 oh, versus God. the Kings, man. Yeah, so that was dope, man. So, that was our top five, top five impact players from the Florida State-Miami series. Any of our listeners out there, y'all want to chip in and let us know if we left anybody off the list, if we tripping about some people. Hey, y'all let us know, man. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram and talk to us about that, all right? All right, man, so we're going to get into our tweet of the week. And like I said, man, I'm prepared to go on an epic rant here in probably in the next 10 minutes um, about the MVP uh, race, okay? But uh, we got some tweets, man. My boy Damon Jones, man, uh, former NBA uh, player, for, of course, former teammate of LeBron James. He took to Twitter immediately, immediately after Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo was named back-to-back MVPs. Here we go, here we go, Damon James. His Twitter name is at D19J. After seeing the final numbers of the MVP voting, I am extremely nauseous. 16 first place votes for King James out of 101 votes. We need to figure out a better system here. This is downright disrespectful. We need more transparency, which I agree, in this process. He also tweets, and I know I would get all the old King James as your God, that's your boy, and all that back and forth. But listen, dog, there's no way the margin in first place votes between Giannis and LeBron was that lopsided. Giannis is not the clear-cut MVP. He wasn't even a clear-cut MVP last season. We need to fix this. Damon Jones, talking some truth, even though he is LeBron James, his homeboy. All right, man, so we're going to get into the National Basketball Association first because I'm kind of riled up right now, and I don't want to miss the opportunity uh, to really get this off, man. So we're going to go right into uh, the NBA as soon as I can find the drop. There it is.
Hey, this reduced lunch spots, man. Come on now. You lied! You trash! You not hooping! All right, man, let's kick it off this week in the National Basketball Association. And, of course, man, before we get going, we must pay all respects and uh, play one of the greatest drops that I ever created. Home of the greatest franchise in sports, the L.A. Lakers, and the home of the greatest athlete in the world today, LeBron James. Let's do it. <laughs> Fred just disrespected the great nature boy, Ric Flair. All right, man, let's get into it, man. And uh, I'm just gonna, we're just going to jump right into the MVP. We're just going to jump right into the MVP, man. So like I said, man, Giannis Antetokounmpo was named MVP earlier this week. He received 81 first place votes to LeBron James's 16 or whatever. That number might be all, but y'all get what I'm saying. Lopsided. We watched basketball this whole year. This whole year. Now, the three candidates were Giannis, LeBron, and James Harden. Though I like how they do that as well. They go ahead and let you know, here are the three guys. And I agree with that. I don't think no one else deserved a look at MVP um, from what we saw during the regular season. So I'm cool with that. I'm cool with it. But I had a feeling all along that Giannis was going to get the MVP because Giannis came out the gate strong, man. Milwaukee came out the gate. They clinched the number one seed the quickest. They were blowing teams off of the floor early. I mean, back on November 3rd, they beat the Lakers by 10 or whatever it was. They, they were running through everybody through the first two months of the season. And that warranted him getting the overexposed look at MVP. But I'm not going to go first because I'm going to go off here and I want to give my guys <laughs> an opportunity. So I'm going to, you know, let my boy Black get his off, get said opportunity to say something if he has something on this. And I'm going to go behind my guys. I'm going to clean up the dishes and then we'll go on until <laughs> uh, the next topic. So Black, Giannis Antetokounmpo was named the 2020 MVP. How do you feel about that, sir? Um... I actually think it's kind of disgusting. Oh, my goodness. Uh, no disrespect to Giannis, man. Uh, Giannis is a great player. He's uh, one, of the, one of the future top players uh, in the NBA. Sure. But um, I'm, just, I'm just really confused as, as how, you know, with the MVP whole race, when we were talking last night about it, uh -huh. I went and looked and I was like, well, how can it be so... It's like front run, whatever you do in the regular season, like how you look in the regular season, and, and that's what it really matters. It don't matter about the long run. I think it, sh I think it should matter about the long run as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, I went to look, and I went and looked at uh, LeBron James and his, over his career, and LeBron James really never really had too many uh, top-seeded teams when it was going into the playoffs or – Teams were number one seeds going into the playoffs. He, you know, he had two. He had like two or three with Miami when they were number one seeds. He had maybe like one or two in Cleveland. But uh, other than that, 
he never was like a number one seed or the, just the player who stood out the whole entire year. So uh, my thing, my thing with Giannis, are we basing this off of just how how it looks in the regular season? Are we basing it off the stuff that he did leading up to him losing? Even though they said it didn't it didn't matter in the bubble, correct? So he won it before the bubble. So are we looking at everything that he did before the bubble? Because if you're looking at that, then he was supposed to win. He was supposed to win it. But that don't mean he was the best player. He wasn't the MVP. LeBron, literally, the Lakers did nothing. The year before, the Milwaukee Bucks clinched the number one seed the fastest. It was the best team in basketball last, the year before when he won it the first year. But the LA, LA Lakers hadn't been to the playoffs in how many years? About a decade. About a decade. And LeBron, I'm pretty sure if LeBron James didn't get hurt, it would have been two years in a row that Los Angeles Lakers would have been in the playoffs. Sure, sure. But LeBron led the Lakers to a number one seed. Don't get me wrong, he had Anthony Davis, but when they were playing basketball, you knew LeBron James was the best player on the floor. You knew that he, that's what he was. And I just don't understand how you could look at Giannis and, and say that he was the clear-cut MVP over LeBron and the things that LeBron did with the Lakers this year was insane. This man is 35 years old and he led the league in assists. And I'm not just talking about, I'm talking about double digit assists, almost 12 assists a game and 16 first place votes. <laughs> just on just just on that alone. I'm not even I'm not even talking about overall rebounding score. I'm just talking about on the assists. You name me a 35-year-old you know led the league in the six. Small forward of that. <laughs> but I, I'm, 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 I'm still kind of confused about it. I'm going to look at it some more so I can get a full understanding of how this works because it's no way you can tell me a 35-year-old man who led the league in the six and a team that hadn't been to the playoffs in a decade, in a decade, could not win <clears throat> finals MVP, but are we looking at, oh, he had another top five player on his team? It don't matter. When you talked about the Los Angeles Lakers, the first name you bring up is LeBron James. <laughs> you didn't bring up Anthony Davis. No disrespect to AD. <laughs> you bring up LeBron James. <laughs> when y'all say LA is looking so good, what's the first name that you bring up? LeBron James. <laughs> this man got robbed of an MVP. And I think I think they need to look. I I don't know how the voting goes. Who get vote media? Yeah, the media. Yeah, the media. whoever get y'all got to fix this, man, because mm-hmm. it's it's not right. Mm-hmm. But um, shout out to Giannis for winning it, man. But he wasn't supposed to get that MVP. LeBron James was supposed to have that. Mm-hmm. Cedric Far, you have Yo. anything to add to uh the MVP conversation here? LeBron, Giannis, any takes on that, sir? Uh, I wouldn't hold too much stock in it because you know me. Uh. It's championship or bust. Uh-huh. But I know y'all, uh, three six mafia, y'all, <laughs> y'all want to add, y'all want to stockpile. <gasps> he was the regular season MVP and all this and oh, that. Yeah. I don't take too Hold much up. into that because my favorite player of all time. I seen him get uh, robbed out of a couple MVPs sure. and Kobe Bryant. And then if we really look at it, Carl Malone has a season MVP. Sure. What does that hold weight to? He has two. Well, excuse me. Carmelo has two season season MVPs, but 
in the end, he don't have no hardware. So I went. No. I really wouldn't take too much. You know, he got four. What this? That's, that's what I'm talking about. He got four. Y'all won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and clean the dishes, my boy. <laughs> So, um, like I said before, you know, my guys gave their takes. Um, I was not surprised that Giannis won the MVP. I, w- I was not. I was talking to my pops a couple of days before that, and I was like, Pop, you know, it's, it's, it's going to have to be like a one or two first place, first place vote type of situation here when they let us know. I mean, that, that's common sense that Giannis would beat LeBron in the MVP by one or two votes. I would have been fine with that, and we wouldn't even been talking about this. This would have been in other news if that was the case. But here we are. So I'm going to read off some things for the 2019-20 stats for LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo, the guy who received 81 first-place votes to win his MVP. Minutes played, LeBron James 2,300 compared to Giannis Antetokounmpo's 1,900. Field goals made, Giannis had 681. LeBron had 629. Field goal attempts, right there virtually the same. 12, 1,300, 12, 1,300 for LeBron. Field goal percentage, Giannis slight edge over LeBron. At 0.54%, Bron had 0.492%. Three-point shots made, 145 to 88. Three-point attempts, 419 to 291. Buckets them out, LeBron, of course, the higher average, almost shooting 40% from three. When they say you're 40%, three-point shooting NBA, that's pretty good. That's where you need to be. So here we go. This, 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 this yeah, yeah, here we go here. Offensive rebounds and rebounds overall, because this is has this has to be the reason why Giannis won MVP for the rebounds. This is the only stat on the line that Giannis ran away with. Giannis had 846 rebounds compared to LeBron James 510. But wait, Black, wait, said I have a stat that can even that assist. Isn't Giannis a forward? LeBron's a forward too. LeBron James has 677 assists, led the league. Giannis's 300 and plus rebounds didn't lead the league. He did not lead the league in rebounds. He did not lead the league in rebounds. He did not lead the league in rebounds. <laughs> this is egregious. Steals, LeBron 77 to Giannis is 60. Blocks, okay, Giannis got him. 66 to 36. And overall points, yes, Giannis scored more points than LeBron James, but I imagine he would score more points at 1,800 to LeBron, 1,600, 1,700, because LeBron was too busy getting his teammates involved, leading the league in assists. (laughs) This is utterly egregious. For Giannis Antetokounmpo to receive 81 first-place votes and you mean, arguably, the greatest basketball player of all time in the year 17, 35 years old, switching conferences, number one in the West, leading the league in assists, got 16? Does anyone, all 81 of y'all, show your faces. All 81 of you, show your faces. Ernie Johnson, I love you, but you're wrong, sir. If you just so happen to hear this Ernie Johnson from TNT, you are wrong. Shout out Stephen A. Smith for making total sense of this whole madness. 
Stephen A. saying, you got to watch the games. When Giannis Antetokounmpo was facing a 2-3 zone, he was not effective. It was like he wasn't on the floor. Hence him going home in the second round. Don't tell me about no ankle being rolled because they was down 3 nothing when he rolled it. This is what I'm talking about when it comes to LeBron. Same thing with Michael Jordan. And this is why LeBron and Jordan are in the same class. Jordan went through the same thing. Ain't no reason why Karl Malone should have been getting MVPs. It ain't no reason why Charles Barkley should have got an MVP over Michael Jeffrey Jordan. But Michael Jordan came out and said something today. He said, LeBron James knows exactly what I know. He's going to have an opportunity to go to the NBA Finals and get the ultimate MVP, and that is an NBA Finals MVP. And when Mike said that, I calmed down. Because I ain't in this to get an MVP this year. I want that chip. <laughs> if I don't get that chip this year, the sports desk is over. I want the chip. So, Michael Jordan, I appreciate you, man. For even considering LeBron in the same class as you. Because he wouldn't have said that if it was uh, Derrick Rose winning the MVP over LeBron James. <laughs> he wouldn't have said that. He wouldn't have said that if it was uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He ain't mentioned none of those guys. And I love how LeBron just let his hair down and let it be known. But look, guys. Y'all mean to tell me your defensive player of the year, your MVP was down 3 nothing to the fifth seed of Miami Heat. And he is home. Do you think... That Giannis Antetokounmpo wanted to go home? Do you think that he wanted to go home? Can anybody in here answer me that he want to go to the house? Black, did Giannis want to go home? I think he did. Said, did Giannis <laughs> want to go home? Probably. The answer is no, 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 has LeBron James been asked that question yet this year? Uh, no, sir. He has not. And I'm going to end my rant on this. We need to change the criteria of the MVP. We need to expand this thing for the whole season. Because you know who else does the whole season? Major League Baseball do. Major League Baseball do the whole season. Post and regular season. Sure do. You know who else does their MVP that way? The National Hockey League. I don't know nothing about hockey, but I've read that they consider the regular and, and the postseason. Post. Yep. The NBA got to do something about this because y'all can't. Look, we know what the postseason represents. Going for a title. And I agree with Say and I agree with Michael Jordan. I, I'm, I'm only in this for the Larry O'Brien. I need to see him, LeBron, host, hoist a, one more trophy. Two more. I, I need to see him host one more. <laughs> I need it because when you get four rings, that's a that's a rarefied air class. It ain't too many dudes walk around on this earth or in the grave with four championship rings. It ain't many. I wasn't talking about a, a second Larry O'Brien. I was talking about the Bill Russell MVP award as well. Oh, we gonna get there. <laughs> we gonna get there. But I'm just saying, I need to see it. So that's why I'm going to relax. And I love LeBron's tweet that he put out. Me on the 16 votes. Okay, cool. I got y'all. I get, keep feeding my man all the fuel that he need. That sounds like something Jordan would have did if he it's, had social media. Dog, I was so happy. And, and Jordan ain't sent it by no letter. They yeah. asked him this. <laughs> they asked him this. I saw this on TV today. Today. If I was LeBron James, okay, cool. I, you got the ultimate yeah. opportunity to go out here and get the ultimate MVP. Because you know what? Jordan is right. When you look at the season when it's over, 
Finals MVP, regular season MVP. I guess we cool with the finals, yeah. baby. So I could, that's fine. I could just imagine the ones that Mike lost lost if he had social media. The stuff he would have said oh, sure, over social sure, media. Sure. Yeah, it would have been crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, man. So, that, that's pretty much my rant on the MVP. And no disrespect to you, Giannis. Congratulations, man. And I like what you did. You got on TNT, Toro, Ernie Johnson, Charles, and Shaq. Hey, don't call me a back-to-back MVP until I become a champion. Well, we won't be calling you one anytime soon. And that's just my opinion. Now, you changed my mind, Giannis. All right, man. Let's go ahead and go into the NBA playoffs, baby. We Let's start with the Eastern Conference. Black. Did we see the greatest block of all time in game one of the Eastern Conference Final with Bam out of Bayou absolutely denying Jason Tatum at the rim? I'm talking about Tatum's hand was in there. And Bam said, get it out of here. We are tied right now. 1-1. Heading to game three. Ain't it 1-1? Oh, 2-1. Yeah, Miami. Sorry. Miami went up two games. So nothing, Celtics won the last game, heading into game four. Black, what have you seen in this series? And, uh, you know, what's just on your mind about it, man? Um, as great as that block was, it was not the best block in NBA history. I agree. Uh, LeBron James block to, win a, to, to put them over the top to win the NBA championship in Cleveland was the greatest block of all time. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm enjoying this series, man. Um, We're getting a lot out of this series. Um, Miami been doing what they've been doing the whole playoffs since it started. Like teams jump on them and they find a way to come back and it's crazy and pull games out. That's what they did in the first two games. It's you crazy. know, it's good to see these young kids, Tyler Hero and uh, Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson, like these, the the way Duncan Robinson gets the ball passed to him and he just, as <laughs> soon as it seems like it, the ball don't even touch his hand fully. And he's shooting it and he's making threes. He's a top three shooting. You lead. know, so it's 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 crazy to watch these young kids behind Jimmy Butler, man, and and Bam is playing out of his mind. You know, yes, he he, he took a step back in game three, but he's playing he's well. Playing, he's he's playing well. Yep. But the, my thing with Miami, this is my thing with Miami. We have to stop playing from behind. Game three, I feel like Boston figured something out. We they cannot did. let these boys back in these games. They did. We cannot. They did. And Miami started to come back too towards the. It was it was four, too four. late, but they started to come back. But they got the six. <clears throat> that's what they've been doing the whole series, playing from behind. Yep. If you look at Miami, other than Indiana, most of the games from from when they start playing the Bucks and in, into this series, they were playing from behind a lot in these games. So I believe Eric Spoelstra and those guys have to figure something out where Miami doesn't have to be playing from behind so much because I think Boston. And their little locker room fuse and stuff that's going on. I think they figured something out in that. Is that when they when they have these they have their feet on somebody's neck, they cannot let up. And that's what that's what they did in game three. So it's gonna be interesting going into game four on Wednesday night to see what happens. But this series is is, is exciting. I still think it's gonna go seven. It's gonna it's gonna go it's gonna it's gonna come down to seven games in this series. So I'm excited to see what happens moving forward with Boston kind of figuring some games some things out in game three. Yeah. Said anything on uh Heat and Celtics? Have you taken the opportunity to watch some of these games? No. I haven't watched basketball in over a week and I don't plan on it after uh that debacle. So uh <laughs> back more. to you. All right, there it is from Cedric Farr. Um <laughs> I, I, I think that um, this series is just getting started. 
It's just getting started, man. Game one was one of the better playoff games this year. Um, I attested up there to, um, um, man, they weren't in Miami in the game. It was, I can't think of it. Anyway, but game one was a better one of the better playoff games that we've seen all year. And that defensive stand by uh, at a, uh, Bam out of Bayou on Jason Tatum, man, I was literally just walking in the house. Literally just walking in the house, turn the TV on, and I could barely get my shoes off. And Tatum going to the rack, and your boy out of Bayou say, get it out of here. But the Heat show toughness, grit, grind, no quit. Their culture down there in Miami, man, is alive and well in the bubble. Boston's the more talented team, of course. They're the most talented team probably outside of the Lakers. Probably the most talented team outside of the Lakers. Maybe maybe more talent than the Lakers have because they just – Brown and Tatum and, and, and you know, Gordon Hayward and Smart. They got a – Kimball Walker. They got a large collection of players, but I'm still going to take the Heat in seven. I'm still going to take the Heat in seven. I believe the Heat go for the throat in game four. I believe Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, they got to have this game. Because if Boston ties this series, I don't think Miami recovers. I don't think they recover. I think the addition of Gordon Hayward is making it hard for them to defend these guys, double-team these guys. Kimball Walker got a lot of one-on-ones on Saturday night. Jalen Brown got a lot of one-on-ones Saturday night. That was Jalen Brown exploded on Saturday night. They have been waiting on him to do that. When you have Gordon Hayward out there on the floor, he gives you space. He has the ability to shoot the three, shoot the mid-range, and go off the dribble. So Gordon Hayward is, is a mismatch now for the Heat because who you going to put on him? Dragic is too little. Jimmy Butler got to spend his time on Brown or Tatum. I mean, who else can you put out there? Bam got to deal with uh, the paint. Like, you can't put Bam out there. So I'm interested to see what Eric Spolstra does to accommodate Gordon Hayward being out there on the floor. But I'm still rock with the Heat in seven. I'm still rock with him in seven. I believe the Heat go for the throat in game four. And I believe game four is tomorrow night. No, no, it's Wednesday, Wednesday night. night. It's yeah. Wednesday night. It's Wednesday night on uh, ESPN. All right, man, let's get into it, baby. The Western Conference Finals, all right? The Los Angeles Lakers in a thriller <laughs> last night are up two games to nothing on the Warrior-tested Denver Nuggets. Black, what have you seen so far in these uh, West Conference Finals, and what is standing out to you, man, with the Lakers and the Nuggets, man? Well, uh, first I'm going to touch last night. Mm-hmm. Uh Beautiful shot, game one by Anthony Davis, but the L.A. Lakers was not supposed to be in that situation. No, sir. LeBron James, you went ice cold on me yes, in the did. second half. Yes, he did. You went ice cold, buddy. Yes, he did. If it wasn't for A.D., we probably would have lost that game. Yes, sir. If it, you know, if a, a, a play go a different way, if Murray throws that ball back in bounds, it's over. It's over. Yep. But A.D. won us that game. The Lakers, we, we got to stay consistent. I don't know what's going on. With LeBron, it, don't get me wrong. First half, he was all rural. Scored our first 12. All rural first half. Scored our first 12. But I don't know what's going on with him in the second half. I, you know, I know LeBron be thinking mentally about a whole lot of different stuff than we be thinking about. So I don't know if that has something to do with it or he just went cold. But um, I, didn't like, I, didn't, I didn't like that because last night we were supposed to beat them by 20 again. We were supposed to beat them by 20 again last night. Because we had production off the bench. Yes, we did. Uh, AD came alive in the second half, and LeBron didn't. So, um, I think they need to tighten that up. Uh, defensively, <clears throat> defensively, I love what 
they doing the paint to the Joker. Yes. I love what they're doing there with Dwight. I love yes. I love Dwight's energy. Especially starting him. Yes, Especially I love starting. Yeah, you have to put McGee to the bench and start Dwight. You have, you have to. Have for to. This. Yes. But I I am I'm, I'm thinking that Spoh should know that that's a big boost coming off the bench with Dwight. So that's probably why he brings him Frankie off the v. bench. Frankie, Frankie v. v. I'm sorry, Frankie V. I think that's why he brings Dwight off the bench. Yeah. So uh I'm ex- I'm excited, man, to see what 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 the next game is going to be like. We up 2-0. so this really is a must win for Denver uh, yeah. on Thursday night, tomorrow night, tomorrow night, on tomorrow night. night. Yep. So I'm excited to see what happens. Game one, we uh, it was just Laker basketball. Everything looked good. Uh, game one for sure. You know, we we got these boys out of here. We didn't give them a chance. We, we was up double digits at half, and then we came out in the throat, and we came out in the third and sliced their throat. Decent, so I'm excited, man, about game uh, about game three. I think yeah. it's going to be a little more intense than it was last night because I know Denver's going to be giving it all. And shout out to Mike Malone, man, for uh, making adjust. He made adjustments. It's you can dead. see him, it's and dead. then he putting his trust into young players, man, to be out on the floor. But um, Lakers should should end this, man. We get game three tomorrow night and get them out of here, man. May, it may be a sweep. They may get one. I don't know, but uh, I'm thinking sweep. Yeah, we know Sayed is not watching basketball, but we do have some basketball questions for Sayed in just a little bit. But, um, yeah, I agree with you, man. I think game one, you know, just the Lakers just set the tone. They, we are the better team. We have learned from what you've done to the Jazz and to the Clippers, and y'all are not going to do that to us. So the Lakers came out, and, you know, they got rid of them pretty decent, winning about 20 points in game one. But I knew game two was going to be a dog fight. I, Jamal Murray, the Joker, you know, Coach Malone, these guys knew. They knew they couldn't go down two games to nothing. They knew that they had to have it. But LeBron came out, man, and, and, and scored the first 12. Uh, he finished with 26, 11, and 4. But in the second half, he couldn't buy a bucket. He couldn't buy a bucket. He stopped being aggressive. But the Lakers need LeBron and Anthony Davis to average 60 points to win the championship this year. Those boys got to average 60. Last night, they averaged 59. The average 59 last year, we got some great uh, contributions from Caruso, uh, uh, Caldwell Pope. Um, and you know what? Let me, let me just pause real quick. Daniel Green. Daniel. You better tighten up. You spent, you making 15 million of our dollars. You need to tighten up. I don't know what you got going, no matter who. No matter who the Nuggets put on you, you getting cut. Tighten up Daniel Green. Um, so back to the game. So, yeah, man, Anthony Davis, just beautiful in the second half. Beautiful. I mean, just showing his dominance. Those black Mamba jerseys are so beautiful, dog. I'm hustling right now trying to get me one, man. One of these boys playing with me out here, but I'm trying to get me one, bro. But Anthony Davis said it best, man. <clears throat> Look, we don't want to lose in these jerseys. And I have a small opinion real quick. I believe the Lakers should get rid of the Laker Whites. And permanently wear the Black Mama jerseys instead of the Laker Whites. I think the Laker Whites need to go away and we wear those Black Mama jerseys along with the purple and the gold jerseys. That's just my opinion. I just think that would be a great thing. But anyway, back to the game. The play was beautiful. Rajon Rondo went and asked Frankie V, hey, I think I need to be in on this play. Rajon Rondo was not supposed to be in on that play, Black. And Frankie V said, yeah, go ahead, man. Y'all do what y'all want to do. I like that. These are veteran players, championship players who know what they're doing. Rajon Rondo did the inbound pass. Beautiful. Confused Denver on the defense. It looked like um, Jeremy Grant was looking for a backside pick from uh, LeBron James. LeBron didn't deliver the pick. Jeremy Grant went away. Anthony Davis curled out. 
Let it go, beautiful shot. And I swear to you, bro, when the ball left his hands, I said good. When the ball left his hands, I said good, bro. And that's exactly what it was. Lakers win 105-103. Anthony Davis stepped into another level last night. Stephen A. said something beautifully, man, on his first take today. Anthony Davis was used to giving you 30 and 11, 30 and 15 in the losing effort. Nobody was tuning into the Smoothie King Arena in New Orleans to see him put 30 and 15 on the Bobcats, Hornets, or whatever their name is these days. Nobody wasn't tuning in for that. But now he's making these kind of plays in these situations, wearing the purple and gold in the Western Conference Finals. He believes this man is taking another step. And I, I believe that as well. I believe this is going to give AD ton of confidence the rest of the way, man, that he can do this for our team if we need it, man. And I love how they were transparent after the game. Anthony Davis said, hey, the, the play was drew off of LeBron, but LeBron tapped me on the, on the hip when we was coming out the huddle. Stay put. I'm going I'm to drag Grant away. You're going to be wide open. And that's exactly what it was. And Miles Pony tried to get there. He was too late. He was too late. Ball Jokic game. Was, Jokic was right there too. Yeah. He stopped going and right. stayed in front of LeBron. Right. And, and then Jokic came Jokic came from off the inbound yeah. and tried his best. It was too late, too though, late. when Jokic Ball got game. there. Lakers 105-103, up two games to nothing. Game three, Tuesday night, 8 o'clock on TNT. We'll see if the Lakers can take a commanding three games to nothing. But Black, I agree with you. This might be the toughest game of this series because the Denver Nuggets know they cannot lose this game. If they do, sign up, book our tickets, get everything ready because the Lakers will be cashing in on Thursday night to go to the NBA Finals. But that will be remain, that is remain to be seen. All right, man. So look, man, Black, if you don't mind swinging the microphone over there to Cedric Farr, we want to give Cedric Farr an opportunity just to answer some questions here. And this is going to be the last time we do this, Ed. Like, we just go, we have to get this out of the way. Um, Man, so to paint the picture, uh, last Sunday, as you guys heard on not only episode 76, but episode 77. Hey, shout out to everybody who listened <laughs> to episode 77, bro. Like, we got a lot of love for that show, bro. Yeah. A lot of people oh, know Cedric Farr, but they don't know him. Uh, <laughs> listening to episode 77. I swear to God, I'm walking into work. They say, boy, I... I, I hate to be your homeboy right now, man, because I know he is just just like, oh, my God, what have I done? I say, hey, man, I haven't seen the guy. I'll be talking to him, so I don't know what Seth's got, got going on. But uh, just shout out to all y'all, man. Like, we're building something here at the Sports Desk with Seth and with Smooth along with myself and Black Man. Like, we got a real thing going here. Uh, you guys know who these guys are now. And uh, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to hear the interaction back. But let's get back to the moment at hand. Uh, I'm just going to play a couple drops here, and I'm going to ask Sergio Far a couple of questions. Cedric Farr. Yo. Just one. I just I just got one question though. I'm not finna run you through the ring or none of that, bro. I'm you really good, not. Man. Cause I, I love you, bro. I love you, bro. 
and we've had a lot of fun <laughs> in, the last, in the last two weeks, bro. Speak for my boy. A it's lot okay. of fun. I, lot I of look fun. at it. I look at it. I, you know, I made history here like, you did, in the bro. wrong way. You did, so we bro. Can, we can look back on me it. Me and Fred was talking. Fred was like, "No, this nigga said probably gave us like." The greatest moment in sports this history, bro. Like I was like, bro, you might be right, dog. Like the, we we really did a special editions. Like f- we did it for the Clippers, but we really did it for said. Like to be real with you, like all those two things going was just perfect. But anyway, said man, what's up, man? Just how you feel, man? Since you delivered the uh, audio to the group text last Sunday at uh two forty nine uh in the afternoon, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> two forty nine in the afternoon compared to right now at seven oh three p.m. Just how's your week been, man? And, and, and how you feel about you know just everything that went down, man? Uh, <laughs> empty. <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know what to feel. Uh, I think. Black hit on something, and uh, during the uh, last episode, not the special one, but he was saying how we spent so much time hating Jordan, hating Kobe, and not giving, you know. But I think what really bothered me the most when all this happened, I just can't let go. Like, all these people are really not Laker fans. Mm-hmm, I got you. And it's like that. Like, my aunt texted me, Lakers info. She <laughs> hated Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Hated Kobe Bryant. Shout out Auntie. Now she's a Lakers fan, she's and that's that's. I think that oh, if in the grand scheme of everything, I already don't like LeBron. Then all right. these, you know, his right, right, fans right. and everything. That's what really. So right. it was overwhelming, and <laughs> I got in my emotions. <laughs> Y'all would do the same thing with Kobe. I know D would. I know D would. What you mean? Like he will follow Kobe wherever he went. I believe oh, yeah, you yeah, would yeah, too, yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. really blame LeBron fans for what yeah, they're yeah, doing. Yeah. I hate the Lakers too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Do you yeah, know yeah, that? Yeah, I know, I know. But I love LeBron more. Yeah, yeah. So he if he happens to play for the Los Angeles Lakers, then that's just what it is. He ain't gonna beat up ever. If Kobe Bryant was playing for the Charlotte Hornets, I'd be a y'all Hornet. Hit. Jersey be right over there next to Said Jordan. you would be a Hornet. Yeah, he would. He would. If Kobe Bryant was playing for the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, yeah. So you can't blame people for loving LeBron James. You can't. Yeah. So back to you, Sid. Uh, you know, you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you know, uh, dang, I forgot my question, dog. I, just, <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot my question, bro. But anyway, yeah, uh, Sid's a great sport, man. You know, we've been friends for a long, long time. This is really nothing new to us, but we're just putting it out there for the world to hear. But uh, you know, I just I do want to say shout out Sarah for man being a good sport. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, giving us these moments for the sports says because man, I mean, just between me and Fred talking about said, me and Smooth being and, and and Black, and for it to like ultimately seeing the Clippers actually lose, dog. I was talking to my dad at 10:30 at night saying, "There's no way." I'm whispering, "Sweet sleep." There's no way the Clippers are gonna lose. <laughs> There's no way they're gonna come back and win this game. There's no way. I'm talking to Black after the game, like, bro, did they really lose? And then I had a moment before I closed my eyes and I went to bed. I said, boy, I wonder what Seth's doing right now. And then I went to sleep. Mm. And then I went to sleep. But anyway, yeah, shout out to you, man, for uh, being a good sport about all this, man. It was just, it was a, it was a great time. All right. You know, I, I really think the sports guys would ha- had to come down for us to have this moment, the sports test to have this moment. I agree. It was meant to be. I agree, I'm, man. I'm sorry it was at my boy expense. <laughs> But the sports guy said, we're going to give y'all this moment here at the sports desk. I agree, and man. And man, how, how great, how great it was. It was, man. It was.
the case. All right, man, so we're going to get into first, second, and third team NBA. I'm going to call out the teams, man, and then we're going to get some reaction. So let's start with the third team. Uh, third team all NBA. You got Russell Westbrook, uh, Ben Simmons, Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Butler, and Jason Tatum uh, at the third team. Second team all NBA, Pascal Siakam, Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Nikola Jokic, and Kawhi Leonard, second team all NBA. First team all NBA, Luka Doncic. Anthony Davis, James Harden, LeBron James, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Black, any, excuse me, anything from this list, man? Any gripes about somebody might be on second team? Should somebody be on first team? Any gripes, man? Uh, no, no gripes with uh first team at all. I think they got that right. Yeah. Um, I would have, I would have gave Dame Lillard the the nod at first, but Luca just showed us otherwise. But that was playoffs. <laughs> that was playoffs. Yeah, playoffs, playoffs. But what he did before the pandemic too, he was he was going insane before the pandemic too. So okay, uh, Luca Dockage being on first team, uh, I think it was well deserved over Dame Lillard. But right. um, Chris Paul, what team was he second on? Second team. He was on second, second team. team. Uh, they got that right. Yeah, they did. I, I, they did. The things that he did this year with the OKC Thunder, man. Mm -hmm. Like, if you really, really want to think about it, it was that good enough for him to be on first team. Because that mm. team was not supposed to be anywhere near the playoffs. Facts. Anywhere near. And, 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 and CP played out his mind this he year. Did. So, Real shout out to him, man. But no no gripes about all none of the all NBA teams. Um, I don't really have any gripes. Said you got any gripes as oh, well? I got a, oh, I got a big gripe. Oh, big, okay, what's up? big, okay, big what's up? gripe. Y'all know how me. I feel about my Gators. Oh, sure. man, I know what he Bradley Beal becomes the first player in NBA history to average at least 30 points and six assists and be excluded from the all-NBA team. I'm with you, bro. So I'm with you. I don't know who you start to cut in this situation. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. But they did my dog dirty. I'm with you, man. I you want to know something? I agree with you too. You know who I would take? I would take Russell. I would take Russell Westbrook off that team, off that third team, and put Bradley Beal on there. I was just about to say that. I would take him off. Russ ain't had the best season he this didn't. year, he and didn't. he missed a lot of he missed a, a, quite a few games with injury. Yeah, I was going back and forth with Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons is one of the better guards in the East, so you can't take Ben Simmons away. Uh, from there, but Bradley Beal played out his mind on a, one of the probably the worst team in basketball this year. So I agree with you on that. Say I appreciate you bringing that up, man. That's that's a good point. Our listeners need to know. But as I'm looking at the list, I'm not I don't, I'm not saying I got a gripe. I'm not saying I got a gripe. But I'm 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 remembering remembering right now that Dame Lillard scored 40 points in nine straight games during the regular season. 40 points, nine straight games, and it started, unfortunately, uh, the first game the Lakers played uh, when the iconic Kobe Bryant passed away. He went nine straight games with 40 or more points. I don't think Luka had a, a, a run like that in the regular season. I'm not saying Luka shouldn't be on the first team. That's not what I'm saying. But if you really want to look at Luka and Dame and flip them, I wouldn't have been mad at that either. If you would have seen Dame first team, Luka second team, I don't think nobody would have had nothing to say about that. But I'm just thinking, man, the moments that Dame had during the regular season, and he was playing lights out. But I guess you got to look at, man, Portland was running from behind all year long, and Dallas stayed in that uh, six, that seven, six range. to seven range uh, all year long. But, uh, you know, other notable things to see, LeBron and Giannis, the only two players that was unanimous, unanimous first team. And that just goes back to my MVP argument. How was LeBron James a unanimous first team all-NBA player and only get 16 
first place votes for the MVP. I just wanted to mention that. I'm not going back to rant. I just wanted to mention it. Just wanted to mention it. All right, man. So, yeah, shout out to all of those guys, all 15 players uh, making um, all NBA this year. And some notable players who didn't make who didn't make it. You had Chris Middleton, Paul George, Brandon Ingram. Zach Levine got some consideration. Joel Embiid, Bam Adebayo. Um, and I'm looking at this thing. Bradley Bill. Got 32 total votes to make uh, All-NBA. And the lowest scoring All-NBA guys, Russell Westbrook, got 56 points. So that was the margin. They were saying Russell Westbrook really deserved it more than Bradley Beal. Russell Westbrook's total 56 points. Bradley Beal, total 32 points. I don't agree with that, but I just wanted to get some context. Crazy. Yeah. Get some context to that. All right, man. So that pretty much wraps up. Uh, our NBA talk, man. Uh, we'll get smooth back in here uh, next week. We could be talking NBA finals on our next episode, so we definitely gonna get smooth in here. Talk about the potential matchups uh, for the NBA finals, man. So y'all stay tuned for that. All right, man. We're gonna transition over to uh, college football. And I know I said the last uh, last week was gonna be the last time you heard the Florida State marching band play to in- usher us into uh, college football. But I'm gonna give my team one more chance this week. <laughs> one more chance this week. So you are going to hear Florida State song going into uh, this week in college football. Let's get it going, baby. Hey, this is Deuce Lunch. Come on, now. Hey, bro, I'm listening to the sports dance. All right, all right, all right, man. Let's get into it. College football, baby. It is rolling, rolling, rolling. So this weekend, the SEC makes its grand return back to our televisions. The Big Ten has came out and said, we are playing, and we want in on the college football playoff this year. So, man, let's go ahead and kick it off, man. Um, let's see. A lot of, lots to talk about with college football. I guess we can get into the rivalry. I guess we can get into the rivalry this Saturday night. On ABC, I believe it's 7.30 kickoff, maybe 8 o'clock kickoff. You have the newly ranked 12th ranked Miami Hurricanes after an impressive showing at Louisville this past Saturday night, just beating the clamps off them boys in Louisville. They'll be taking on the lowly 0-1, head coachless Florida State Seminoles. Why are we head coachless? Unfortunately, all seriousness, Coach Norville. Uh, tested positive. We hope he is doing well. Seriously, don't play with people's health. We do hope Coach is doing well, but we will not have him on the sidelines down in South Beach this Saturday night as we take on the Canes. So, Black, I'm going to kick it off with you, man. Primetime spot for all knows. Two things, Black. What are you looking for from Florida State this week, and what do you think happens overall in this game? Talk to me. No, Seminoles. I mean, excuse me, Seminoles, Hurricanes. I'm looking for one thing that we talked about before the season started, uh, competitiveness. I want to see, you know, my team compete well. It's going to be a difficult task because uh, Miami's looking like a well-worn machine a little bit. Yes, so they are. With De'Aaron King back there, I know it's going to be a, a long and tough night. Yeah. But I just want to see my team compete. It's a, it's a rivalry, so I always lean my hat on that. Yes, sir. You know, rivalries can go any way. Yep. You know, so... I just want to see my team come out and compete. We don't have Coach Norvell, but I know uh, 
my guy, my defensive coach, I mean, my defensive tackle coach, I know he's going to have them ready. I can't think of his name mm-hmm. off the top of my head, but I, oh, oh, Odell Higgins is going to have them ready to rock and roll because anytime he's been a coach, they always come ready to play for Odell. Is he filling in? <clears throat> yeah, he's going. To, he's the assistant coach, so I'm guessing he's going to be the the guy, the guy at, the helm? Okay. at the helm. So uh, I'm looking to see what, how these guys come out and play for Odell against a rivalry in Miami. But um, I'm not being biased here. Miami is good. That D line is good. Yep. De'Aaron King at the offensive. Uh, with that offense is crazy to watch. With the old Auburn offensive coordinator, uh, coming to my, coming down to Miami, Ryan Leslie, I think that's his name. Lastly, yeah. So uh, shout out to shout out to this rivalry. It's this is a rivalry I love more than Florida Florida State. It's always been mm-hmm. Miami and Florida State. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it, it, Florida State and Miami, it means more. It means more. So I'm excited about Saturday night. I know me and my partner over here, we're going to be watching. Yes, sir. Looking for a few things in this game. Yes, sir. No. So uh, I'm ready, man. 7.30 primetime. It don't get no better than this in a rivalry football game. Yes, sir. Well, before you go, who wins? Give me a score. Um, <laughs> Man, 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 man. I'm, a, I'm, I'm just going <sighs> to. Give me a score. God. Got to, baby. It's a rivalry, man. So Give me a score. I can't go against my team, man. I'm sorry. But uh 21-24 knows. Mm. Cedric. Yo. Cedric Farr, <laughs> our college football correspondent. We know you've been heavy, heavy on the game so far. But talk to me about this rivalry. Talk to me about what you think you're gonna see. And of course, give me a winner and give me a score, sir. Uh, this always been a fun rivalry, uh, yeah. especially when they make it early in the year instead of dragging it on. We always used to get those, uh, yeah. I think about four or five years, we get those Labor Day matchups. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I don't think the Noles are ready mm-hmm. or going to be ready. Um, but like I said, it's a rivalry. So we don't know what's going to take place. But I knowing Miami, I think they're going to try to put a 40 burger up. Sure. So it probably eh, 31. 10. Mm. I don't even think they. I don't think they're handed to us. Yeah, I, I'm just being honest. Based on everything I've seen, cause I, I, you just lost to a true freshman. Not mad at and, you, sir. You know, uh, and that's not me trolling or nothing, but just based on, you know, what you see, well, what I've seen. And um, they had a bye week to maybe clean some things up. And who knows? They may roll somebody else out there at quarterback. But if Blackman come out there and play like that, like he did against Georgia Tech, it's going to be an issue. I feel you. Give me a – oh, you said 31-10 Miami? Something like that. Something like that. Okay, cool. Um, I hope that I just don't come in here playing these drops. You trash! You're not hooping! I just don't want to come in here and play – He lied! I, I, I don't want to come in here and play that. I don't want to have to come in here and ask myself, D, did you really think Florida State was going to win? The answer is no. So this is what I'm looking for, and I agree with Black. I I, I kind of teeter back and forth between the Florida State Miami rivalry and the Florida Florida State. And the reason I go back and forth because I don't know a lot of Miami fans personally. So it's like Sands a Gator, Fred's a Gator. A lot of people who I work with are Gators, so I deal with a lot of Gators. You know what I'm saying? My sister's a Gator. Like, I, I, I deal with it a lot. I only got, like, Dunbar, who's a Hurricane fan, and I got my uncle is a Hurricane, but I don't really know a lot of guys 
who uh, rep the Canes like that. But I know what I've seen on my television over the years. Hard hitting. These kids play with each other. They know each other. Personal. It's, it's, it's always intense between Florida State and Miami. But let's just get to the game. Um, I'm just hopeful that we compete. I'm just going to keep it real. I'm hopeful that we can come out there and compete. I'm hopeful that our leaders, Wilson and Scary Terry and James Blackman, if he's the quarterback, I'm hoping these guys come out and fight. I'm never a component of losing. I'm never a component of losing. But if we go out there and lose 31-30, I'll probably pop a bottle of champagne in my house. Why would I do that in a loss? Because we fought. Florida State has not been fighting. That Georgia Tech loss was utterly disgusting. Utterly disgusting. That loss was terrible. We did nothing positive. Scary Terry is dropping balls. James Blackman looking like a 17-year-old freshman out here. While the 18-year-old freshman from Georgia Tech is mollywhopping us. I want to see my nose go down to Miami Gardens and fight. Show up to play. Make me feel confident in saying that, yes, I'm a Florida State Seminole once again. This was the conversation I was having with Black at the beginning of the year, though. I want to see us back where we can compete. Them years Chris Ricks was a Florida State Seminole, though we lost a lot. But guess what, bro? You want rolling in the Tallahassee rolling through us like that, bro. That boy was going to fight you to the end. We lost a lot of games. Don't get me wrong. We lost a lot of games to Chris Ricks. But you know what? He'll always be one of my favorites. Because that boy put that hammer on. He tucked that strap on, chin strap on real tight. And he, hey, what's up, bro? What's up? I need to see that from Black Scary Terry and Marvin Wilson. I need to see it. Asante Samuel, please deliver a performance like you gave against Georgia Tech against the Canes. I need to see my defense say, hey, y'all not finna run. King, welcome to the ACC. You not finna have it on us like that, bruh. That's what I need to see. <clears throat> now, of course, man, I'm not going to go against my team. And I made a promise to Papa Gary over the weekend <laughs> that I'm no longer going to... uh say that I'm potentially going to the University of Oregon. I will not do that anymore. Okay? I'm done with teetering. Y'all look, I ain't getting them Oregon fives because I might have been out of there. <laughs> oh. But I didn't get them. Finish line denied me. Say I tried to look out for me, but it just didn't work. But I'm going to take my nose in a low scoring affair because I believe we'll fight. I'm going to take my nose 23-21 last second field goal to break the Canes hearts down in Miami. That's just what I'm going with. Maybach music. All right, man. Let's get into it, man. The SEC is back, baby. The SEC is back on our TV screens. We got a lot of interesting games uh, to open up the week with the um, open up the weekend for the for the SEC. Uh, of course, we have our college football correspondent, Florida Gators alum Cedric Farr, uh, in the building today. And I guess we go, excuse me. And I guess we can start right there, man. You got the fifth-ranked Florida Gators taking on the old Miss Rebels. I believe this is uh no, what's the coach name for Ole Miss? Lane Kiffin's first game, mm-hmm. right? Uh at with the Rebels, 12 o'clock. Oh, I ain't I thought it was in Florida. No. Right. Oh, okay. Y'all, mm, y'all on the road. Okay. Black talk to me, man. Florida, Ole Miss. 
What we got going on this weekend? Uh, uh, happy to see uh the SEC finally, yeah, for, sure. for sure, finally get back on the field. <laughs> As my guy said over here would say, the best conference in football. Uh-huh. We get to see some real football, quote mm-hmm. unquote, real big boy. big boy football. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> man, I'm excited, man. I like the I like the SEC, man. Um, this game is it's, it's it's I don't. I've been kind of back and forth about this game because it's Lane Kiffin. You never know what Lane Kiffin got up his sleeve. That offense. I think I think that offense gonna come ready to play. I just don't know too much about Ole Miss defense. So I got Florida. Uh, I got Florida winning this game by two touchdowns. Okay. Okay, I got you, Cedric. Cedric. Yes, Farr. sir. Talk to me, baby. I know you've been waiting on this. SEC is back. Your Gators are back. Twelve noon kickoff. I believe it's on ESPN. Yes. Florida Gators, Ole Miss Rebels, what you think we're going to see? And, of course, give me a winner, sir. Uh, I got the Gators winning 38-17, 31-17, somewhere okay. up in there. We, two scores. Uh, For me, I'm all eyes. Uh, Well, for one, I want to see the maturation of Kyle Trask. Second year in the offense, he's had time to learn it over yep. the offseason. Yep. Um, I wish we could have got spring ball, but nobody did, so I'm not going to make excuses. Um, True. I want to see the offensive line get a push. We couldn't run the ball last year. That's all I'm looking for. I know Dan Mullican's scheme to get the ball down the field passing, but I want because I know that's what his first uh that's his mindset. He wants to run the ball. So if I if we get a push, get the running backs going, even Kyle Trash, they say he's lost like 10 pounds, got slimmer to be able to uh move. Uh I'm looking for that. I want to see uh the D line too get busy. I'm not sure what kind of offensive line they got, but we got all these highly touted people, so mm-hmm. let's get it going. Uh, Kyrie Elam, uh, one of the highly rated um, corners. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody on off. We got new receivers, so I'm just excited to see everything. But um, I ain't going to lie. One dude on Ole Miss, Mr. Uh, John Rice Plumley, I think he was the quarterback there last year. I'm not sure if he's starting, but that's probably the fastest dude on their team and probably maybe – Top three fastest people in the SEC. So I'm hearing Matt Corral may start. So I don't know what they're going to roll out, but I don't think they're going to be able to sustain a whole game. Um, I think talent's going to take over and mm-hmm. we're just going to lay on them and ride out. I got you. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think Florida take care takes care of business. Although I do think the first half of this game will be close and I do think it'll be interesting. Look, it's, it's both teams' first game. I think Lane Kiffin is probably like just salivating at the fact that, man, we could possibly get up on these guys going into the second half. That's all he probably can hope for. Because like I said, just said, talent will prevail. Talent will prevail here. And the Florida Gators have much more talent mm-hmm. than the Ole Miss Rebels. Think it's competitive in the first half. I think Florida runs away with it in the second half. Cal Trash is going to get a lot of Heisman consideration this year. Mm-hmm. And the reason why he's going to get a lot of Heisman consideration, because I don't think Trash is going to be making many mistakes this year. He's cool, calm, and collected. Even when he was thrown into the fire last year, I know he had some bad picks here and there, but look, I ain't never seen the guy rattle. Like, he threw a pick, and he had the same face expression when he went to the sideline. You know, so I think that's going to pay dividends with Trask uh, this season. But I got Florida. I'm with Sid. I think Florida comes out and drops a 40-burger on Ole Miss, but I'm going to go 40-21. to 21. I'm going to give Ole Miss a fight chance. 40-21, to 21, Florida uh, wins their first game of the season. All right, man, another interesting game on the block, man. This might be the game of the week in the SEC. You got a 23rd-ranked Kentucky Wildcats. 
taking on the eighth ranked Auburn Tigers. And for the love of me, I don't know why this game not at three thirty. It's at twelve <laughs> o'clock. So you got Florida game. Yeah, exactly. You got Florida and Ole Miss at twelve, and Kentucky and Auburn at twelve. Black, talk to me. What do you think we're going to see out of Auburn and Kentucky, man? Give me a uh, winner. I think this game is going to be good, man. I actually do. Uh, I'm looking. Of course, I'm looking to see. You know how how um. Auburn's quarterback, he's, I always forget, uh, Bo Nix, how he does in his second year. Like Sam said, no spring ball, so we really don't know, yeah. you know, what we're going to get out of Bo Nix. But I'm excited to see Kentucky's quarterback, Joey Gatewood. Yes, sir. I'm excited to see this kid, man. Um, from yes, what I've heard, he they say he plays like Cam Newton. He give you a Cam Newton feel. So I'm excited to see hmm. what Kentucky has with him. I praise. But uh, this being the first game and uh, – being a first game after the pandemic and everything and no spring football, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Kentucky in this one. 21-17 can take over Auburn? Okay, that's what's up. I like it. Say it taught me, man. Kentucky, Auburn. Give me a winner. And what do you think we're gonna see in this game? Uh I think Auburn gonna win. Mm. Um ultimately there I think talent will take over. But I wouldn't be shocked if Kentucky won yeah. because they fight, they're gritty, they um They've been getting better recruiting over the last two or three years. It's not elite, but it's, you know, he's getting, he has the trenches right because I think they probably have one of the top offensive lines in the country or maybe a couple linemen. Um, I'm looking to see what the quarterback play is going to be. We got uh, the guy that beat Florida a couple years ago, Terry Wilson. He tore his knee up last year, so this year he'll be back. So I don't know if he'll be fully back or whatever, but he gave him a shot uh, the whole year he started. and they were in most of their games. They were in most of their games. And another thing that hasn't been cleared up yet, and I don't think it will be, but we still got three or four days. Uh, Joey Gatewood, the guy that transferred from Auburn himself. Um, we had no one's heard anything with him yet, but I I would like to see it because that's the dude. You, I mean, what are they saying about him? They uh, they haven't cleared him yet to play. Oh. So. That's another oh, thing. He didn't get his waiver. He, get his waiver. Oh, he hadn't got his waiver yeah. yet to play. And that was one of the things I would, that had me, like, if you want to say a sleeper or a sleeping giant, that could be coming. Because the boys, like, not to compare Cam, him to Cam Newton, but they have that same build, same size, same speed. I don't know how he throws the ball. But uh, between that and uh, looking to see what Bo Nix does in his second year, yeah, uh, I don't think he fits that offense. Me personally, uh, we seen that even with Stidham. He's a mm. drop back throw. Only th- when Auburn is at their best with Gus Malzahn is when he has somebody that can run the run, ball. Run. Even when uh Cam was there, he, I think he was the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. They went and want to win a national championship. Run. He took a DB with Nick Marshall. Mm-hmm. He couldn't even he he had a, he could do enough throwing, but it wasn't no drop back. You know they ran the ball, so I just think some nepotism took on took place <laughs> because. That was uh, Bo Nix's daddy played at Auburn back sure. in the day. Exactly. He's a legend, and so that's exactly. how what got Joey Gatewood up out the door. So, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but I think that's the hangup for this game, the yeah. fact that he's at Kentucky. Yeah, and probably they play, they're playing. So that I don't Man. know. That's theater but right you, there. But you want to, before you go, I just want to. I've read so I read a few things last year in in what Auburn and the Bo Nix and Joey Gatewood. They they had said. A lot of times that Joey Gatewood moved his offense better than Bo Nix in practice, and you know he just never got the chance. He he got in a few he got in the game a few moments in the game here and there, 
but they never really gave him the opportunity to take this offense last season. And the reason why we know Bo Nix, like Sage just said, because his father played quarterback for Auburn. So it's like that he was going to be the guy. But Joey Gatewood, I, I seen this boy play in high school, and he's the truth. So I don't know. I didn't know the situation with his waiver or is he going to play. You know, that might make me change my pick a little bit because I didn't know that was going on. But if this kid get on the field, man, I think Kentucky can be a problem. Yeah, I, I didn't know that either. Uh, I was going to pick Kentucky to upset Auburn uh, as well, but I hope we get this theater. How beautiful would it be for Joey Gatewood to go against the team who pretty much pushed him out of the back door uh, to usher in Bo Nix? And uh, Bo Nix is a nice-looking player. He's a nice-looking player, but Joey Gatewood's better than him. He's better than him. From the footage that I've seen, he's better than Bo Nix. But Gus Malzahn is a very good football coach. He's a very good football coach, and if Arbor can come out here and establish the run and do those little pick-and-pop third-down plays and get you know get a pass that was for two yards and they end up taking it for 70, it could get interesting, man. But uh, I'm going to rely on Joey Gatewood playing, all right? I'm going to take Kentucky to knock off Auburn 24-20 to uh, first game of the year. I would love to see Kentucky because they hit it on the head. Kentucky been competing the last few years. Mm-hmm. They've been competing, man. They've been in a lot of games, man. You're just not getting them out of here back in the day when, uh, what's the big, couch. Qu- yeah, couch <laughs> and, then, and, and the big quarterback they had, number 22. Oh, uh, Jerry Lorenzo. Jerry Lorenzo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ain't rolling them boys out of here yeah. uh, like that, man. So, yeah, I'm going to take Kentucky over Auburn. All right, man, let's get into the 330 spot of the defending national champions. That's going to look, they're going to look a whole, whole lot different, man. The LSU Tigers will be, take, will be taking on the Mississippi State Bulldogs at 330 on CBS. Hopefully, they have some new announcers uh, this year on CBS. I know, uh, <laughs> what's old boy who retired uh, last year for CBS uh, the announcer? CBS announcer who oh, called all the S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vern yeah. Lundquist is out yeah. of the door, but old Gary. It's gonna be interesting in. to see who replaces him. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. see. We're gonna see. But yeah, let's talk about it. Reigning defending national champions, LSU Tigers, sixth in the country, going against the unranked Mississippi Bulldogs. Black, what do you expect to happen? Give me a winner. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see what Mississippi State looks like under um uh, Leach. Is that his Mike name, Leach. Mike Leach? It's gonna be interesting to see because. Mike Leach in the past, uh, we know what type of coach he is at Washington and Texas Tech. You know, he spread them out and threw the ball crazy down the field. So it's going to be interesting to see what Mississippi State looks like. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to take Mike Leach some time. Um, I'm going to roll with LSU even not knowing how LSU is going to look. But uh, their defense, their defense is very interesting. So uh, I see that they got a lot of a lot of kids on that defense that played a lot of ball last year that came back. So with with Stingley and uh with another couple of guys in the secondary, and then they got some horses on that line. So uh highly recruited horses on that line. So I'm excited to see what LSU defense looks like. Um uh, the offense, I don't know. Uh I would have said Jamar Chase time, but he's not there. So uh but they still have guys who played a lot of ball last year on the offensive side. Uh in the skill position areas, but I'm going to take LSU in this one. I got them winning this one, uh, 28 to 10 in, okay. a, in a blowout. Okay. Say it's talk to me, man. Reigning defending champions, Yo. LSU Tigers coming in at sixth in the country, taking on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. What do you expect to see? Give me a winner, Say it. Um, 
it's going to be crazy to see because you're looking at a team that was unstoppable. Yes, sir. Last year. But they lost 19 starters. Everything. Including Jamar Chase, probably the best receiver in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, They just named Miles Brennan uh, the starter. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that is. Um, You got Stingley coming back. That top receiver, Terrence Marshall. He was solid last year. Mm-hmm. Um, On the Mississippi State side, uh, Mike Leach does have him on quarterback. He has a transfer, KJ Costello from uh, Stanford. Okay. So he has somebody to sling the ball back there. But um, and I think it's some pieces from Dan Mullen and the last guy that was there. Yep. So they still got some pieces. Uh, KJ, uh, I forget his last name. He plays running back as well. Okay. So, uh, but overall, I think talent's probably gonna play a role. If they let Mississippi State hang around, maybe Mike Leach could draw up something. But I'm gonna just go with the LSU to win. Maybe I say. 31 13. 31 13. Somewhere up in there. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to take Mississippi State to knock off LSU uh, in the first game of the season. And here's why uh, Mike Leach is not here to play. Mike Leach is not coming in to test the waters. Mike Leach is coming in and throwing a whole playbook at uh, what's my boy? Go Tigers. What his name is? Uh, Ordron. Go Tigers. He ain't, he is going to introduce himself to the SEC. I think it's going to be a very close game. I think LSU, they've been through, notably had the most turmoil dealing with the COVID <laughs> virus. They did. Orgeron said basically the whole team had. Basically all of the starters had it. Some guys are still won't be cleared to play. They're not going to be fully loaded. Some of the coaching staff had had the virus. Orgeron said it's been very, very tough. Uh, trying to get everything in line and just going off the, the weight of being a reigning defending national champion. Like, I think that's just going to play a lot to a lot of these kids who didn't play last year. They lost 19 starters. That means we're getting 19 new players to start in these positions. Never heard of this quarterback. He could be all world for all we know, but I ain't seen him. Mike Leach, got, Mike Lynch, Leach has a lot of talent on this team. The transfer from Stanford, that kid can throw the football. Mm-hmm. He can sling the football, man. And I just really think that Leach is going to be like, look, man, I'm going to empty the clip. I'm going to empty the clip in this first game. And I think he catches LSU slipping, man. I'm going to take Mississippi State to knock off the LSU Tigers 24-23. Mm. 24-23, Mississippi State gets the win. And we'll see what happens. If I come in here with that, hmm. It's going to be beautiful. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, man. Some, some other notable games in the SEC. Then we're going to get into another topic with the FCC. We got the Georgia Bulldogs, fourth rank in the country, taking on the lowly, disposable Arkansas Razorbacks. He played. He so paid Franks. He so got his playing. waiver. He got his waiver. Oh, he did? He graduated. Oh, yeah. He graduated. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I guess I will peek my head in at that game <laughs> to see uh, what old Felipe can do with the yeah. Bulldogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their head coach came from Georgia. Right. So Okay, so it yeah. could be a little interesting. Yeah. For a little while. Bulldogs Bulldogs big. I think everybody can uh, <laughs> uh go with that. Yeah. And then the Missouri Tigers start their punishment. Oh Lord. Uh, they open up against the second rank pissed off Alabama Crimson Tide. Look, Nick Saban mad. Nick Saban oh, yeah. is mad that his team and everybody at Alabama is getting looked over. I see him on college game day this Saturday and he was pissed off. He got pissed off at the reporter asking him the question that he was at. Now, I know Nick Saban be pissed off all the time. But 
I think Alabama drop a 70 piece Ooh. on the Tigers. I'm talking about 70 to 6, bro. Ooh. I'm thinking Alabama roll tides. I was thinking more like 50. Yeah. I think yeah. these boys, yeah, on the roll too. On the roll. <laughs> I think Alabama just do their thing. I'm pretty sure y'all would like to agree with me on Alabama blowing up Missouri. And let me just say this about Missouri. Their punishment this year was to have the toughest schedule in the SEC and get suspension in the nation. In, in the nation. Like, their <laughs> schedule is crazy. God awful. It's crazy, bro. It's horrendous. Like, the, they got to play literally everybody. It's All crazy. the top teams in the SEC, they play them this year. It's crazy. Oh, uh, we also got the Tennessee Volunteers, 16th in the country, taking on the South Carolina Gamecocks, 730 on ESPN. We'll see how that turns out. And that's pretty much all the notable notable games out of the SEC uh, this weekend. Before we get into some other topics, just some other notable games. I'm going to go around the room. Y'all give me a winner. Uh, let's make it fast. Seventh rank, Fighting Irish taking on the Wake Forest. Demon Dinkins, who we got, Black? I got Notre Dame. Said who you got? Notre Dame. We got uh, Central Florida taking on East Carolina. Central Florida looked good. UCF looked good taking care of uh, Georgia Tech on this past Saturday afternoon. Who we got? UCF East Carolina. I'm going to take the Knights. Yes, sir. What we got said? I would like an upset, but I want Central Florida. Yeah, I'm I'll take, take, I'm I'll take, take Central Florida. <laughs> I'm going to take the Knights <laughs> as well. And a low-key barn burner potential game here in the ACC. Louisville out there getting thrashed. They will be taking on the Pittsburgh. I don't even know they uh. Panthers, Panthers, Pittsburgh, Panther, Louisville, Pittsburgh. Who we got, Black? Uh, I like the Panthers in this one. Yeah, who you got said? Mm, mm. I'm gonna go. I might go Pittsburgh with that one too. Yeah. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see how they handle the, Pittsburgh handles the speed of uh, Louisville. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Yeah. I'm gonna take Pittsburgh as well. I, I agree with you. Said the speed of Louisville will present problems for the Panthers, <laughs> but I'm gonna take Louisville in a close game. Louisville or Pittsburgh? I'm sorry, sorry. I'm gonna take Pittsburgh. <laughs> In a close game over Louisville. And two big games in the Big 12. I believe these are going to be two great games. Uh, they come on again at the same time. I hate when college football do this. You got the eighth-rate Texas Longhorns against the Texas Tech Red Raiders, who are already the highest-scoring team in college football. Black, who we got? Texas or Texas Tech? Um, I got Texas I got Texas in a shootout. Absolutely. Uh, say what we're talking about. Texas, Texas Tech. Texas. Absolutely. And last but not least, we have... Potential upset here. We got the West Virginia Mountaineers taking on the 15th ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys. Oklahoma State did not look good uh, last week. Chubba Herbert had his first game under 100 yards since he's been on the team this past week. What the game at? It's in Oklahoma State. Mm. What, we, what we got? West Virginia, Oklahoma State. Um, I seen West Virginia first game and they looked crazy throwing the ball over the field. Yep. I'm going to go upset here. I'm going to oh, take wow. West Virginia. Okay. Uh, Sam, talk to me. West Virginia, Oklahoma State, who you got? I think I'm going to go West Virginia as well. Mm. Oklahoma State looks sloppy. And mm. not to mention, they quarterback got knocked out the yes, game. Yes, he did. So. Yes, he did. I'm also going to go uh, with the Mountaineers. We're going to make a three for three. I think West Virginia edges out. That means Oklahoma State go win. I was just about to say that. That means Oklahoma <laughs> State go win. All right, man. Let's circle back up to the SEC, man. Uh, we're going to, of course, give the SEC all the uh, respect they deserve. But uh, let's go around the room. Let's go around a sleeper team. A sleeper team in the SEC. And give me a sleeper player in the SEC black. Let's kick it off with you, man. Give me your sleeper team out of the SEC this year. And also give me a, a sleeper player, please. Um, I'm going to go I'm, my sleeper team this year because I don't think these guys getting a lot of respect. They have a bunch of talent. They recruit well. 
And there's a lot of guys on 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 uh this team that I kept close eyes close close eyes on when they're recruiting time. But I'm gonna go LSU. I'm gonna go LSU uh as my sleeper team this year in the SEC with uh with Stingley and um with Stingley back down that back end, and then they have they have the five star from 2020 number two cornerback in the nation number 14 overall corner uh from California Eli Ricks. 6'3", 186 freshman. Mm-hmm. So putting him with Stingley, I think that could cause that that could be something great there. Um, I was able to see this guy play on uh, ESPN on a Friday night, and the kid he got he has all the good. So we'll see what happens with them. But uh, I got LSU as my sleeper team this year. Okay, said talk to me, man. Give me your sleeper team out of the SEC, and also your sleeper player out of the SEC this season. Sleeper team? Hmm, I don't know. I think the big dogs is gonna take and do what they do. Okay. Uh, anybody? It's either I would say probably either Kentucky. I know you said one, but I'm thinking either Kentucky or Tennessee because both of the coaches are kind of similar. I think they're probably about a year or so apart, or maybe two years apart. But I know Pruitt. He's been chomping at the bit recruiting. Yep. He's mainly getting his offensive line, defensive line right. Yep. So, um. I'll slide more to so Kentucky than Tennessee because that dude, uh, Jared Garman, whatever his name mm. is, I call him JG. He's mm. horrible. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll say more so Kentucky sleeper player. Uh, LSU had the number one. He was like a top five player and had the number one. He was the number one tight end. His name is Eric, A-R-I-K Gilbert. So um, he's starting a true freshman. So Six five, six six, something like that. So that's something you can't plan for a stick. So right, I right, think right. he's probably gonna be probably player um breakout player of the year. Okay, okay. Um I see the team this year. I'm gonna go with Tennessee. I'm gonna go with Tennessee, man. I know every year it's like Tennessee always get a chance to break through. It's like every year when the season starts, Tennessee's ranked fourteenth. Every year they start they're ranked number fifteen. And I gotta think, I gotta think Pruitt has gotta be close. He's got to be close to putting a competitive product on the field. So I'm going to take the Tennessee Volunteers as my sleeper team. And I'm going to go with Joey Gatewood. I know everybody knows he's talented. I know we've seen a little bit of him. But I think Joey Gatewood in Kentucky, and like like Say said, they could be the ultimate sleeper team this year. But I think Kentucky, man, they can mess around. I'm, I saw their schedule earlier today, man. They can mess around and be 8-2 this year. They can win. It's two games on their schedule. I don't think they can win at all. but. They can go 8-2 and two this year, man, and really be in a big-time bowl game this year, man. So I think Joey Gatewood, if he can stay healthy, and he, and he if he is as advertised, look out for Joey Gatewood, man, uh, this season. I didn't get my uh, surprise sleeper player. I'm sorry about that. Oh, no, um, you didn't. You didn't. I'm going to go Florida wide receiver Justin Shorter, transfer from Penn State. Okay. Um, I, I was able to watch this kid in high school on ESPN. Actually, they had two games on ESPN, actually. So... This kid, uh, he's he's a big deal for me. Uh, he's playing behind, uh, what's his name, Copeland? Uh, yeah, Grimes and Copeland. But I think he's gonna get his chances uh, in this offense, and I think he'll he'll do well in this offense with Dan Mullen. So I'm uh, Justin Shorter is my uh, sleeper, sleeper player, player. <laughs> out of the FCC. Okay, all right, cool, man. So let's get into it, man. The Big Ten is back, baby. You're listening to the sports show. The sports 
Yes. All right, man. So Big Ten football, we're gonna run through their schedule, man. Well, we're not gonna run through all of the team schedule, but we're just gonna run through some of what we got. So this past Saturday, the Big Ten Wild College Game Day was on. They broke the news that they are returning to football. We all know the Big Ten and the Pac Ten were the first teams to say, "Hey, we ain't playing. We don't got. We don't. We just not doing it." All right, but they are back. They have an eight game season. Just in time to roll off eight games starting October 24th so they can indeed have their Big Ten championship game on October the 9th. Excuse me, on December the 19th, man. So everybody's locked and loaded. Um, let's just go just let's just go through a couple of games that we're going to get this year. You got Ohio State uh taking on Nebraska and poor Nebraska. I mean, their schedule is brutal this year. I mean, I guess the Big Ten was like, look, man, y'all out here doing all this chirping. Tell me, y'all ready to leave the conference? Y'all going to pay for that, you know? But Ohio State, yeah, Ohio State, man, they starting off with Nebraska, then Penn State, Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan State, and then Michigan. Then the projected second team in the Big Ten, which is Michigan. Minnesota, Michigan State, two tough games. We all know how good Minnesota was last year. Uh, They got Wisconsin, and, of course, they closed out the year. Ohio State sprinkling in some Penn State as well. Uh, other notable teams, I guess we can go Minnesota. They were the surprise team in the conference last year going, uh, I think they went like 9-2 and two last year. They lost two games last year. Mm-hmm. They open up with Michigan. Tough. Mm-hmm. Maryland, Illinois. Game, uh, it doesn't say. It doesn't say. It doesn't okay, say. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Michigan, Maryland, Illinois. They, they got a real soft schedule. They, they don't really have a tough schedule like that. Minnesota? Minnesota. Okay. They got Wisconsin late in the year, and then they finish off uh, with Nebraska. So those are some of the notable teams out of the Big Ten. And I guess we could circle right back around to Ohio State. Black, can the Buckeyes run the table and go 8-0, and get to the Big Ten, and make it to the playoff this um, year? Justin Fields is on the field I, like you want it. I think with the addition of um... – the the defensive back here from Trinity. I can't Sean Wade coming back and shout out to Sean Wade. Shout out to ESPN, man. It's good to see somebody from Jacksonville get the spotlight on ESPN. And they had Sean Wade making Sean Wade making his decision on uh ESPN if he was going to uh declare for the draft or come back and he decided to come back. Um uh, I'm gonna have to give Ohio State the nod uh over over Penn State, but I'm kinda Cause it's some Penn State has some pieces, man. That I that I see, and Sean Clifford is back. So that that kid, uh, I think he get better uh, another year with uh, James Franklin, and then they have a running back that was t- highly re- highly sought after, uh, Noah Kane, uh, last year in recruiting, and he picked Penn State over some other good schools. So I'm excited to see what happens with Noah Kane and that loaded backfield that Penn State has, but I'm gonna give Ohio State the nod just on the strength of Justin Fields and uh Sean Wade in the Big Ten, yes, uh to win the Big Ten. All right. Say so, talk to me, man. Do, do the Buckeyes go eight and zero and win the Big Ten or do you have another team that could possibly come out of the Big Ten this year? I think they uh run the table. It's yeah. just so hard to just say somebody's gonna run the table uh in college. Even in the SEC or just college football period because We've seen games canceled because of COVID. Um, yep. I think Baylor they canceled they thing because they had one position group that couldn't nobody couldn't could play. Could, 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 couldn't play. So uh, I think they do it, but it's just gonna be it's a really gonna be a week to week thing with these COVID cases and uh, with the potential uh, 
I forget how they word it with the interactions or the contact mm-hmm. that people that that people that come down with the COVID, the contact they've mm-hmm. had. Contact tracing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With that. So uh I think they run the table, but it's just something you just it's really a, you playing it week by week just with these um with the, the virus going around. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I do think uh Ohio State runs the table. I do think Penn State makes it interesting. I do think Michigan loses again to Ohio State and puts the biggest question on the table. Jim Harbaugh, what are you doing there? Mm-hmm. It's time for you to go. If you can't beat or I don't care what Ohio State got on the field. You've been there, what, five years now? Mm-hmm. Five? It seems longer than that, shoot. And you ain't beat these boys. That last year was his year. Ryan Day was a first-year head coach. And I know Ohio State was talented, but so was Michigan. Mm-hmm. And you got throttled at home. <laughs> so, John Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, whichever one he is, it's put up a shut-up time, man. You ain't even sniffed a conference championship game. All this hype. So, I'm spotlighting Michigan. Okay. I'm sp- Yeah, I'm spotlighting Harbaugh. I'm sorry, Pops. I know you're a Michigan fan, but I just got to say what I got to say. Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, whichever one he is. Okay. Put up or shut up or go back to the NFL. Yeah, that's where he belong anyway. Put up or shut up or go back to the NFL. But again, you will shut up. Ohio State will blow you out again this year. I'm taking Ohio State to go 8-0. I'm taking them to ultimately win the Big Ten and make it to the college football playoff. So we'll revise our college football playoff picks uh, in the coming weeks. But we are glad to have the Big Ten back. We are glad to have the SEC debuting this weekend. And the Pac-10 have already come out and said, hey, we're trying to figure some things out on what we could do to come back and play too. But their their play is going to be a little bit harder because L.A., the state of California, they saying y'all can't do nothing. Nobody can't do nothing. But I find that odd because you got the Chargers playing. You got the Rams playing. So I just find that kind of odd, you know what I'm saying? But we'll see. But I think ultimately the Pac-10 ends up back on the field sometime in October. I, I wonder with the Big Ten, with them only playing eight games, are they going to play their eight games all the way through? Are they going to have bye weeks no in there? No, no bye, bye weeks. weeks. Okay, no, okay, there you go. Through December There 12th. you go. That could play a part now. That could they play don't have part. time. They don't they have time. They, they tried to get uh, the not having time to prepare for prepare for teams. Yeah, and, because they need time to get on yeah, the field. They, need, they were yeah. saying some teams like Purdue and Iowa. They haven't even had off season practice. Yeah, they haven't done anything, nothing. So that's why. Because a lot of people are asking, why are y'all waiting so long to get on the field? Well, they, these kids got to get a chance to get right somewhat, you know. So yeah, nobody weeks in the Big Ten. So twenty twenty has been a, a year like no other, man. You know, so this is just another indication of that. So I just hope these kids stay healthy. Yeah. I just hope these kids ain't getting hurt. I just hope these kids' futures ain't being compromised by all of this because I know the love of the game. The love of the game will outweigh anything, but I just hope these kids uh, can stay safe. All right, man, we're going to get out of here. We're going to go to the National Football League. Man, we're, we're 150 in, so we may go a few minutes over the two-hour mark. But let's get into the NFL because you know your boy got to do some talking.
All right, all right, all right. Let's get into it, baby. The National Football League. Week two is all but over. We got Monday Night Football getting ready to kick off here in a second. Uh, I believe well, who we got tonight? We got the Saints and the Raiders mm-hmm. uh, tonight, 8 o'clock. And I think that's in, in Las Vegas. Yeah, no Mike Thomas tonight. No Mike Thomas tonight. Uh, but before, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we get there, let your boy have this real quick. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> okay. Okay. Are you know what? Do that to the camera. Yeah. the camera. It, it called for it. Oh How about God. that Dak Prescott? How about that Zeke? How about that Amari? <gasps> Look, that was for Dan Quinn. Um, I'm at work yesterday. I'm at work, and um, here at the sports desk we have the links. Um, so I'm able to, you know, post up a little bit and watch this cowboy. In a Falcon game, and Lord have mercy, the first quarter couldn't have went any worse for my Cowboys. I mean, five fumbles. The Falcons recover three of them, and then they score on three of them. I mean, just getting our brains beat in. And I said, you know what, man? Y'all know me. Y'all know how I give it up. I'm not sitting around for no foolishness. <laughs> y'all know how I give it up. I'm not finna sit here and lie to none of y'all and be like, yeah, man, I was hoping and praying. Nah, y'all know how I give it up. I said, man, I ain't watching this. I deleted the link out my phone so fast and started watching the Jags. But then, I think it was 20 to 9 or something like that. But then, I go to Twitter and I say, you know what? I'm gonna just stick stick my head in the Twitter, man. And People start letting me know what's going on with the game. Of course, I follow the Dallas Cowboys hashtag on Twitter. And I'm starting to see, okay, Dak, you know, I mean, Zeke scored a touchdown. I said, okay, cool. You know, we got us a touchdown, you know, going into the half. You know, we still doing a little chirping. Atlanta come back out. They score another touchdown. I'm like, oh, Lord, they just finna run us out of here. But then it happened. My man's Dak Prescott. CD Lamb, I love you. I love you, CD. You made some big time catches. I'm pointing to you right now. You can't see me, but I'm pointing if you just so happen to hear this. Ezekiel Elliott. I love you, dog. Y'all boys ain't quit. And shout out to my defense, bro. Shout out to y'all, man. I don't know what got in y'all late in that third quarter, but y'all just start making some things happen for your boy, man. So I turn back on the game. I turned it back on, Black. I turned it back on. And here we go. Touchdown. And then. Another touchdown. That's it all. We're not going to get an onside kick. we not going to get Julio dropping big balls out there. I said, oh, Julio, you all right? You all right, Julio? So we lined up black for the onside kick. So at this point, I got the phone posted up in the break room. I don't care who coming in there. I'm got my hands on my knees. I'm squared up. Onside kick time. I said, we not going to get it, man. They done changed the rule on the onside kick. Like, we not going to get it. But we got it. We got it, Black. I said, okay, okay. Okay, I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to lose control. I'm not. I'm going to stay calm. We still have to drive. Can Dak do it for us? Can Dak get us in position to win the game? And my God, Jerry Jones, what is it going to take for you to pay this man? 
34 for 47, 450 yards passing, and a touchdown, and a touchdown on three touchdowns on the ground, no picks, no turnovers. Ain't his fault. No turnovers. Jerry, can any... Now, I know we got great quarterbacks in the league, and yes, there's other quarterbacks in the league who could have probably came back and done this. But who else was going to do this? Was Carson Wentz going to do this, Black? No way. Huh? No way. Was Matthew Stafford going to do this? No way. Who the other quarterback? It Was uh, Daniel Jones going to do this? No way. And what's the last uh, clown? Oh, I, I got one for you. Hot Kirk Cousins. He is a robber. <laughs> Kirk Cousins He's got a ski mask on holding up somebody in the Vikings. He doing something. The highest paid. Anyway, so we get the onside kick. Oh, my kick. goodness, man. That goes down. Goes down. We moving. We moving. CD Land with a beautiful 26-yard catch over the middle of the field. He had to go and get that thing. And he got my man out there, Greg the Leg. <laughs> Greg the Leg lined us up. And... It's good. The Dallas Cowboys won 40 to 39. Skip Bayless, let them know. How about them Cowboys? Okay. Okay. Are you allowed to do that to the cameras? It it called for it. How about that Dak Prescott? How about that Zeke? How about that Amari? All right. Dan Quinn, you should be fired. Mm. Dan Quinn, you should not have been allowed on the plane. On the plane, y'all heard at the beginning of the show. I had that was a real Atlanta Falcons sports fan, by the way. I don't know this guy. I was on the Twitter and I seen this man's pain. This man had tears in his eyes. That, that's who you heard at the opening of the show. I don't know this man. This man lives in Texas, but is from Atlanta, and he reps the Falcons. He reps the Bulldogs. He don't know. But look here, Dan Quinn, you got to go. And my heart go out to the Atlanta Falcons fans because just three years ago, Tom Brady and New England Patriots did this to you in the Super Bowl. And on a regular season game where there's really nothing to win or lose, I mean, you need you want to win, but come on, man. Second game of the season, you can't keep your foot on the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy, tighten up. Hmm. Because you pissing me off, but I'm going to keep cool because we got the dub and we're leading in the NFC uh, East. I'm going to keep calm, but Mike McCarthy, you on my list just like Frankie V was. Shout out to my Cowboys. Shout out to Dak. Shout out to Zeke. Amari, CeeDee Lamb, I love you, boy. Your jersey is on the way in the mail and it's going up right over there next to Michael Jordan's. CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Gallup. And shout out to my tight end, man. Hopefully I got him off the waiver wire in fantasy and no bum out there uh, got him from. Where my tight end at, man? Um, Dalton Schultz, my boy. Nine, <laughs> <laughs> nine catches, 88 yards, and a touchdown. 10 yards per catch for my guy, Dalton Schultz. <laughs> the, the, the new starting tight end. For the Dallas Cowboys, just want to go around the room. What did y'all think about that epic collapse by the Falcons, man, man on yesterday? Um, I agree with you. Dan Quinn need to be fired. Mm-hmm. 
But at the same time, man, come on, Cowboys. Like, I picked y'all to do some great things this year. And y'all, yeah, 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 come yeah. on, man. Y'all letting me down. I agree. Y'all need to tighten up. I know we missing some pieces got hurt. I know we missing a few things here, but. Yeah. Cowboys, like, I'm happy y'all pulled out the win, but y'all can't you. be in them type of situations. Mm-hmm. With that offense like that, man. Like, it. I was I was hot after the Rams game because the Rams just y'all made they made the Rams look all world. So did Philly, you know, but the the Rams are not that good. They're not. They're not that good to me. They They're not. They They're not be. that good. Okay. They are not. Okay. Okay. But uh Dan Quinn. You will be receiving a phone call mm. to be to the facilities <laughs> and in the owner's office to be notified that you will be released <laughs> of your head coaching football duties. Yeah, Arthur Blank got to get him out of there. He has to go, man. You got to get him out of there. This is this is awful. Like I and yeah, I don't know what's going on going on with Julio, man. Like is is it is it him getting older and I don't know. It's injuries. Like it's crazy. Like. Calvin Ridley in 31 games has scored 21 touchdowns. Julio Jones has scored 21 touchdowns in 61 games. Triple coverage, man. It's crazy. Triple coverage. I understand it, but Julio, people always picked you as being the best receiver in the league for so many years. The best, the best. But sure. if you dropping, if you dropping mm, balls out here, man. You big one yesterday. Come on, man. You can't be doing that. Like, who little? Let's tighten up. Uh, Atlanta, I feel for y'all, man. I, I I know it sucks really bad. But <laughs> shout, out, shout out to the Cowboys for not giving up. They kept right, fighting. Right, 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 right. They I'm kept fighting, and I like to see fight. No matter what sport they're in, as long as you fight and you compete, you cool with me. But uh, shout out to uh, the Cowboys, man, for that last second field goal to get the win. Cedric! Yes, I know sir. you hate the Cowboys. That's true. But uh, what did you think Facts. about the epic collapse from the Atlanta Falcons on yesterday? Um, it, I, I didn't have a link. You ain't hit your boy. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, because crash screen was working all good. So well, it was <laughs> up and running, it was baby. Up and running. I didn't have a link, so it's I guess all of, all the fuss was on the Twitter, and I seen yeah. it didn't matter to me. I had y'all kicker, so red points. But I do have a message for Dan Quinn. Three words. Come mm. on home. <laughs> Come on home. Okay. He was a defensive coordinator at Florida back in 2012. Okay. Did an excellent job for us. Come on home. We okay. can use you on the staff. Give us a NFL perspective. Okay. Things like of that nature. So come okay. on home, man. Just okay. come on home. Okay. He should be here in no time. <laughs> he should be here in no time. All right, man. We're going to, um. before we go through the league, man, injuries, man. We lost a lot of great players yesterday from Nick Bosa is officially out for the year. Uh, Saquon Barkley is officially out for the year. Man, Drew Law took a nasty hit yesterday, man, and landed on that shoulder. They haven't came out and said what his prognosis is, but I didn't like that. Cortland Sutton Six to out. Eight. Six to Six eight, eight weeks? Okay. Yeah. Cortland Sutton out for the year. There goes my fat. Dog, if I lose a... I ain't going to vent. It ain't time to vent about fantasy. Cortland Sutton... Out for the year. Um, what's Bolsa. the other? Yeah, Bolsa. But what's the other uh, defensive lineman for the uh, Niners? Um, Foster. Uh, uh, Bernard Foster. No, 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 no. Uh, Solomon. 
Um, yeah, Solomon. I can't think of his uh, name, but he uh, out for the year as well. Yeah, yeah, he out for the year too. And Christian McCaffrey got hurt yesterday. Bruce he out. Irvin too for Seattle. Bruce, Ir- yeah, Bruce Irvin looking like an ACL for yeah. him. Man, just so many injuries. And, and, and I just want to send, you know, seriously, heartfelt condolences to James White and his family. I can only imagine what, it was, what it's like to be preparing for a football game on the other side of the country and get the news about his parents being in that car crash, losing his father. His mother is fighting for her life as we speak. Um, just prayers to you, man. And shout out Russell Wilson for doing what he did at the end of the game. Um, not answering the questions from uh, Chris Collinsworth and just sending love to James White and then getting to football. So, yeah, the sports just want to send all love and, um, to you, James White, and your family, man, and, and just hoping God is with y'all. And I know, I know that he is uh, through this tough time. Um, but yeah, injuries, 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 man. But we're going to go ahead and go through, uh, the slate, man. And, uh, we're going to stop by a couple games. We're going to run through the slate of week two of the National Football League. So you had the Cleveland Browns get their first win of the season, uh, taking care of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Browns are the better. They looked better. They Kareem Hunt looked real good. They displayed that running game. Uh, yeah, Odell got popping. Uh, and I like, I like, uh, Mayfield's temperament. I like how he went about uh, that game on Thursday night. Uh, you had the Bears squeaking out a win against the Giants, 17-13, to go 2-0. The Los Angeles Rams just destroyed the Philadelphia Eagles, and just Carson Wentz, 37-19. <laughs> of course, the Dallas Cowboys taking the win, 40-39. Tampa Bay, Tom Brady. Got his first win yesterday, uh, taking care of the Carolina Panthers. Man, the Panthers don't look good. They don't look good at all. Matt Mule is taking a beating. Shout out to my boy TK Felton on Twitter. I mean, he is ramrotting Matt Mule uh, out here. You know what I'm saying? Just really ugly out here. But shout out to Little Finette. Little Finette had a big game for the Bucks on yesterday. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, despite all their injuries yesterday, Garoppolo went down. Bolsa went out. Uh, Solomon went out. Man, they still won the game. 31-13. The 49ers are 2-1-0. Jesse just, just, just trash. They so- <laughs> Like, they just need to fire everybody and start over. <laughs> new owner, new GM, everything. Yeah, Adam Gates trash, just bro. trash, man. Adam Gates trash, bro. My good, I'm sorry, bro. It's no, all I good. had to say that, man. No, no, it's all good. It's all good, bro. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers squeak out a win uh, against the Denver Broncos. Man, Sutton is out. Drew Locke is out for some time, man. And the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they fought tooth and nail, looked like they they were going to squeak out another win, but uh, an interception at the end of the game, batted pass, defensive lineman comes down with it from the Titans, and the Jaguars lose 33-30. They just can't beat Tennessee in Tennessee. I know know what we expecting out of the Jags this this year, but it's not not horrible to watch them compete. They competed. Sunday, so uh, I did enjoy seeing that because teams are old would not compete, you know, so it was good to see those young kids keep competing, keep competing, even though they lost. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, Packers looking real good. I was one, to, I was the one saying that the Packers were going to digress this season, man, mm. but they have scored 85 points in two games. High scoring team in the lead. They take care of business over Matthew Stafford and the lowly Detroit Lions. 42-21 uh, yesterday. Buffalo Bills take care of business going 2-0. Boy, I was going up against Josh Allen yesterday in my fantasy league. Shout out to Tay. I mean, Josh Allison. Josh Allen put it on me yesterday, dog. Put it on me, bro. I think this uh, joker had like 35 points. No, you weren't, bro. I have Josh Allen. You did? Yeah. I thought uh, I thought Tay yeah. 
had Josh Allen. No, I got Josh Allen. Okay, well, shout out to you then. I was getting beat so bad, I thought I was seeing things. Probably about Buffalo 31-28. We got the Colts, man, getting a win over the atrocious Minnesota Vikings and Kurt Cousins, a certified burglar, a certified thief, stealing $85 million from the Vikings. I mean, he's just been dash the first two games of the year. Colts get their first win in the season. Hey, the Arizona Cardinals, man. My boy, Cliffy Cliff, got them boys rolling. Hopkins is looking tremendous. And talking about game, uh, treasure and fortune, Houston is just looking abysmal. Mm. And Hopkins over there with the Cardinals. Kyler Murray loves his new toy. And the Cardinals are looking potent. Potent out there in the NFC West. Baltimore Ravens take care of Ben and just slashing up the Houston Texans. I don't know what's going on with my boy Deshaun Watson. He don't got much talent around him. That is not a good football team in Houston. Ravens take care of Ben. It's 33-16. Kansas City, man, what can we say about Patrick Mahomes? He pulled it out his hat yesterday. Looked like the Chargers were going to run away with that game. Shout out Justin Herbert. Oh, yeah, he looked good. really well. He looked good. Game time decision. Ken didn't even think he was going to play. Yeah. He came out there and did a great job for the Chargers. But Super Bowl winning champs ain't going 23-23. And the Seattle Seahawks take care of business beating the Patriots 35-30. to Let's stop right here for a second. Last play of the game. An absolute beauty of a game with the Seahawks. And the uh, Patriots, Russell Wilson versus Cam Newton. Look, man, Cam, oh, Cam, that boy is looking good. But I just don't get the play call at the end of the game. Everybody know Cam is running the ball. And I saw you tweet it, said, because I was thinking it out loud. Jump pass. Jump pass. (laughs) Swing it right. Stop it. Let him pop it in. That wasn't the case. Cam had a great game, but I did not like that play call. Black, what you thought about that play call, man? I, I, and, and I love Bill Belichick. For you to get on there and say that was the best, that was the best call y'all could make in that situation. Poppycock. You're lying. Poppycock. Because y'all had been doing it the whole game already. Poppycock. So they was ready for it. And then, they was ready for it. Mm-hmm. And now that I think about it, think about all them past years when Mike Raber was catching touchdowns. Right. Sneaking out you the back door. You couldn't do something. Come on. Rex Burkhead was available. Ain't nobody guarding him at all. Rex was going to be wide open. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't like that play I, call, man. And I just want to say, man, that Cam, he, he reminded people, man. He reminded people. That game last night, this man threw for 397. Yep. And uh, what, two rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdown. Yep. Like, Cam putting people on notice, man. Y'all messed up, but... Uh, even in defeat, man, Cam looked great. But uh, shout out to my guy, my MVP pick this year, Russell Wilson. Balling, man. Balling in the first Balling. two games. So shout out to him too, man, on on getting the win. Like DJ Metcalf, Tyler Lock, and them boys look good. Chris, Car- Chris Carson primed and ready, man. Primed and ready to rock and roll after that big injury last year. So shout out to Seattle's. Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, just a great game. I think that was the best game of the day besides Kansas City's comeback. Uh, over the Chargers, man. Just a heavyweight, heavyweight fight, man. I really enjoyed uh that game. All right, man. Um, that's pretty much it for the NFL, man. Pretty much it. We're gonna stop by UFC for a second, and then we're gonna get out of here because we are running over time. Not really over time. I just don't want to bore. I just don't want to make y'all look at your watch and no, them boys still talking. I don't want to <laughs> do that, man. We're gonna stop by UFC for a second, man. And we're gonna get out of here. Big fight this week. <laughs> Thank you.
listening to the sports show. New Sports Desk. Okay, UFC. Well, before we get there, before we get there, before we get there, before we get there, before we get there. Let's go back to UFC Vegas 11 this past Saturday night. And I told Black that um, we're not going to give Kobe Covington any airplay here because I despise what the man stands for. And I despise everything that he is. Um, and, and, and I despise what he's doing. I'm, I'm just going to sit that there. I'm just going to leave it. So we're going to stick to fighting because this is a sports show. This is a sports show. But Tyron Woodley disappointed greatly. Kobe Covington is one of the best welterweights in the world. There's not too many guys that can stand in front of him and do anything to him. But I want to backtrack because Kobe sat in front of the media and he yak, 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 yak after he beat Tyron Woodley. And he did beat him. He embarrassed Tyron Woodley. But it's funny, man. Do we got to remind him what Kamar Usman did to him? Do we got to remind him that his jaw got broken two places? Do we got to remind him of that? He didn't want to talk to nobody then. He wasn't available for nothing then, was he, Black? You see what you see what we said on Twitter? Yeah. 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 So on, I just I just don't want to put that out there for Kobe Covington. But I'm not going to It's gonna coming take, again, though. It is. It's coming I, again. But I don't want to take nothing away from him as a fighter because we love the sport. Mm. This dude is a great fighter. He is one of the better welterweights in the world. But Tyron Woodley, mm. I hate it for you, bro. You're one of the best welterweights in the world, former world champion. You had your run, dog. It's, it's hurting my stomach to say what I'm about to say. In the last three fights, Black, Tyron Woodley has not won a round. He has been 0-15 in the last 15 rounds that he has fought. Mm-mm-mm. It's time for him to hang it up. Dana White said it, and he said it in a respectful way um, in the post. He said, look, Woodley's had a great run. He's made a lot of money, former world champion, and he'll go down as one of the greatest welterweights of all time. But the way he looked these last three fights, it's over, dog. It's over. He got another main event spot. How many more? Dana White no, not giving him no more main event spots. It's a wrap for him. All right, so enough of that. Black, UFC 253, baby. This And we're talking about a sports weekend. This is a big one, man. Big sports weekend, and we are excited. So let's get to this main card um, that is coming up. And um, I've been telling y'all, for probably about a month now, man. If you are a casual MMA fan, what is this? UFC 253? If this is if you 56. are six. You sure? Is it 56, I think. If you are a cat, no, 53. It's 53. If you are okay. a casual MMA fan, if you just so happen to sneak your head in and watch this sport, you better sneak your head in this weekend. Let's start with the light heavyweight championship match. We're going to be crowning a new light heavyweight champion, Dominic Reyes versus John Bakowitz. Uh, Dominic Reyes, 12-1. I thought that he beat John Jones. I thought that he beat John Jones in that fight. But he is taking on a knockout artist. This dude is on the terror. John Bakowitz Black, who is your new light heavyweight champion this Saturday night? Uh, this is going to be a good one, man. But I'm going to... I'm going to take Blackowitch in this one, Ooh, man. Wow. Yeah, like you said, D, he just okay. been destroying people. Okay. But I know Reyes is he's a he's a good fighter. He he potentially beat John Jones, one of the best right. fighters in the UFC. Right. But Blackowitch has been destroying people. Right. And if he touched that chin, I just don't know, man, about if Ruiz <laughs> will be able to st- 
uh, withstand, withstand that. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a roll with Blackowitch in this one, man. Yeah, I'm a roll with Reyes. I think Reyes uh beats him pretty clean too. I think it's pretty a a, a handled win by Dominic Reyes, and he becomes the new light heavyweight champion. This guy is so skilled on the ground, on the feet. He moves well, height advantage, length advantage, throws kicks beautifully, bothered John Jones a lot in that fight. I take Dominic Reyes to be the new uh, undisputed light heavyweight champion this Saturday. All right, man, let's get to the main event. In my opinion, this is the greatest middleweight championship fight that has ever been put together. I am so excited for this fight. I'm talking about when they announced GSP and BJP in two. I'm talking about when they announced Anderson Silva and Chael Sonnen in two. I'm talking about when they mentioned Conor McGregor versus Khabib Nagamidov. I'm talking about that type of feel. You have the undisputed, undefeated UFC middleweight champion of the world at 19-0, Israel, the last style bender out of Sanya. Defending his title against a machine. Against a real-life monster. 13-0 challenger, Pau Costa. Black. Talk to me, Black. This is one of the most hyped fights in UFC history. These gentlemen do not like each other, Black. I need to know a winner and give me a finish, Black. What round? Who wins, Black? Talk to me. Uh, man, this fight is, is going to be the real deal, man. It's going to be the real deal. Like, both of these guys got it. Uh, but with that being said, I'm going to take precision over power. Okay. I'm going to take the last like style that. bender. I like it. Israel Adesanya. And I like him to get. I like him to win this by TKO in the third round. Wow! I like it, Black. I like it. Um, Man, I'm so hyped for this, man. I am so hyped for this fight. Um, I went back and forth. Shout out I know to my, it's tough for you, ain't it? It yeah. was tough. Shout, shout, out, shout out to my dog, Bascot, man. I was talking to him earlier, man, about this fight. He is a huge MMA fan. I love Israel. I love him, bro. I love him. He is a breath of fresh air for the UFC and for the MMA world. But let me tell you something, man. This joker, Paulo Acosta, he is a wrecking ball. He is strong. He is fast. And he only need one knuckle to touch your chin. And you are sleeping. <laughs> Unconscious. This man has hurt a lot of people bad. I'm talking about bad. But with all that being said, all that being said, man. Oh, God. Oh. Ooh, wow. I'm going to take Israel. Precision over power. I'm going to take Israel. <laughs> I'm going to take him a TK on the fifth round. Mm. I'm going to take him TK on the fifth round. I think Costa gets gassed out. I think he gets tired. I think Israel will be the fresher fighter. He's the, more accurate, the most accurate puncher and kicker in this fight. I'm going to take Adesanya late TKO, similar to what we've seen with Usman and Covington. I just think Israel catches him with a big shot late in the fifth that bows out Costa. And Israel retains his middleweight championship of the world. And in my opinion, if he 
If he does this, look at the competition that he's faced since he's been champion and is leading up to this fight. I think he's knocking out the door to the throne in Anderson Silva as the greatest middleweight of all time due to the competition. Because mm-hmm. let's keep it funky, Black. Anderson faced a lot of duds at one yes, point in that middleweight division. Yes, he did. But this middleweight division is serious business. Yes, it is. It's a lot of killers in this division. And Paulo Acosta might be Adesanya's greatest challenge. Okay. All right, man. So that's going to wrap up Sports Dance. We're going to get into some other news. And we are going to get out of here, man. We got some things that are going on out here. And, yes, we're going to get back to the WWE. My WWE listeners, me and Black, deeply apologize. We know Sasha and Bailey are going at it. We know Roman Reigns is out here doing this thing. We know it's a lot going on. Shout out to the Hurt Business as well. They finally got trashed by Lashley a role. They finally got trashed by Lashley something that he can do. All right, so shout out to the Hurt Business, man. All right, man, we're going to get out of here. Let's get into some other news, and we are out of here. As soon as my phone lets me play this instrumental. Okay. All right, here we go. The Reduced Lunch Sports Fantasy League is in week two, and your boy is trash. When I say your boy, I am talking about me. Now, we are currently in week two, and my team is not doing well. We are not doing well. So I'm just going to run down what we got. We got me, currently, the 19th seed in the league, losing to uh, my homeboy, Tay, man. Shout out, Tay, 138-95. to We got Freddie Briggs taking a massive L to my boy, Lil Eddie, 144-88. to We got my boy, Charles, looking like he's going to squeak out his first game first game of the season over my homeboy, Smooth, 124-115. to We got Crown the King. I think that's Black. Black is like he's going to take an L, 103-139 to to Drown the King. That is a pretty funny name. Uh, we got my homegirl, Crystal, man. Uh, losing 76 to 105 to I am coach Jamal's team 90 to 84 over MVPE. We got my pops getting blown over the head by my boy Rashad. Man, shout out Shad 124 to 89. Terrence's team taking a beating by Chris's champion team. And it's is it 2021 yet against Schlalek by my boy Cedric Farr 113 to 68. And then we got my boy Jadell taking a beat down uh, by the Brady Bunch. I think that's big work. My homeboy said one. I mean my homeboy Corey 138 to 94. So that's an update on the Reduce Hunts Fantasy League, man. We're having a lot of fun. 20 team league. It is off the chain there. Shout out Sean Livingston, man. Sean Livingston got a big job with the Golden State Warriors front office. He is director of player affairs. He is a, one of the highest ranking officials as a black man in the NBA, in the NBA front office. So shout out to the three-time world champion, Sean Livingston, on getting that deal. Lonzo Ball telling his pops bye-bye. He is signed with Clutch Sports, mm. and Rich Paul is his new agent. I mm. thought it was a matter of time. I'm not going to speak on Lavar Ball, but you could just kind of see what was going on there. And Lonzo just is looking for a shot, and he went to Clutch Sports where your dreams can come true at Clutch Sports. Shout out AD, Ben Simmons. Um, NFL eligibility Hall of Fame list has came out. Let's get these names off real quick. Star-studded list here. Um, let's see what we got. Oh, you talking about, uh, what is that's an ad plan? Oh, they is wilding on uh, uh, the, the joint. But yeah, let's get into the list, man. Peyton Manning, Calvin Johnson, Charles Wilson, Wes Welker, Jared Allen, Steven Jackson, Charles Peanut Tillman, and Roddy White are all on the the list to be to be named finalists for the Hall of Fame. Stars, absolutely. Stars to the class, Peyton, Calvin, and Charles. Check, check, check. They'll be going into the Hall of Fame. You crazy. 
You crazy. You crazy. T.O. ain't getting, Calvin Johnson ain't getting no problems. You know why T.O. was not put in. You know why T.O. wasn't put in. I think Calvin Johnson, man, I, I, I think he is shoe in. I think he first ballot. I think he, I know his career was cut short, but he was unstoppable. Couldn't do about do. I know he didn't win, but that's not what the Hall of Fame was about. Hall of Fame and about if he was a winner or not. So yeah, but yeah, that is the list um for the potential Hall of Fames uh for this coming NFL season. Roy Jones Jr. He might be backing out of this fight, man. Roy Jones, yeah, Roy Jones Jr. did an interview. <laughs> Roy Jones Jr. did an interview, and these are his comments. Man, I was watching. <laughs> man, I was watching film on Mike, and I said, man, he's still Mike Tyson. Man, if anything, I think I made a big mistake going with him, going in with him. That was the quotes from Roy Jones Jr. on his potential fight with Mike Tyson. If I had to guess, Roy Jones Jr. hamstring will be pulled maybe three (laughs) weeks before the fight. And they're going to have to find somebody else to step in there to see if they're going to get just dominated by a 50. How old is Mike? 51? It don't matter. matter. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, 10-4. All right, man. So, and last but not least, man. Hand claps, hand claps. Congratulations are in order. Deion Sanders has been announced as the new head coach of Jackson State. I think this is significant yeah, uh, in, the, in the world of college football, especially at uh, a black college, to get the greatest corner of all time, one of the greatest personalities of all time, one of the most brilliant minds of all time to take the helm at that school. And now the NFL pipeline is going to start looking at Jackson State because kids are going to go there. Kids are going to go there. I'm not, you know, you're not, no, I'm not saying you're four, you're five, you're starters. Nah, but pay attention to what Jackson State is going to become. I think Deion Sanders is going to do a hell of a job at that school. And I don't know if y'all saw his introduction today, how the uh, the Cadillacs was driving yeah. into the basketball gymnasium. And he got out the car just doing what Prime do. Doing what Prime do. So shout out Deion Sanders being the new head coach at Jackson State University. Shout out to all right, man, so that's pretty much it, man. We ran a lot over, man, two and a half on y'all, but special thanks to uh, my guy, Cedric Farr, our college football correspondent, for being in the building. Said any last things before we get out of here? Appreciate y'all boys for having me, yes, and um, looking forward to this sports weekend. Absolutely, man. It should be a lot of fun. Black, man, got anything else? Man, I'm so trash, man, to our listeners. Uh, I gave a hiccup last week. The Charlo brothers are back in action this weekend. Yes, you did. This weekend. Because I was so looking. This weekend. So I'm torn in between a lot of things because it's, it's I like on. the Charlo brothers. So they're back in action this Saturday night on Showtime, pay-per-view at 9 o'clock. Man, this room in here, I'm going to have a laptop over here. The computer was something playing. The TV was something playing. And both my cell phones standing up. I'm talking it's that much stuff going on this weekend, so I'm looking forward to it. But thank you to everybody. I always want to say thank you for all our listeners, all of our supporters, everybody who just shows us any type of love. We really appreciate that y'all take two hours out of y'all week to listen to us just ramble on and on and on about sports, man, so we appreciate it. Make sure you check out the YouTube page. Check out the Instagram page as well, Reduce Lunch, Reduce Lunch Sports. Um, and like I said, we just appreciate all the support, man. And um, that's pretty much all we got today. So we'll see y'all next week for episode 79. Black Week going, man. 79 episodes, man. Yeah, man. We, we'll be out 100 before you know it. And we'll be doing something special for the 100 uh, episode, man. But uh, just stay tuned here 
with the sports there. So, I'm your man's one more time, Desert L. Hicks Jr., one of your favorite sportsologists, and we will see you next week. And this your man, Black, one of your favorite sportsologists. Man, y'all hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at BlackENL3, man. Y'all hit me, hit me up. Yes, sir. Desert Hicks Jr. on Twitter, Desert Hicks Jr. on Instagram, Reduce on Sports on Instagram. Y'all hit us up. Say it. Where can they get at you if they got something to say to you? Gators Bang. <laughs> <laughs> At Tyrone Copper on Twitter. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, y'all be safe out there. Enjoy your week, and we'll be seeing y'all real soon. How about them cowboys? Okay. Okay. You want to do that to the yeah. camera screen? No, the camera. It's all for it. Oh. How about that, Zeke? How about that, Amari? Hey, bro, you <gasps> listening to the sports desk. Hey, this reduced lunch sports, man. New sports Come desk. on, now. You're listening to the sports show. Mm-hmm. Lakers in five. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>